What's up, world? Thanks for waiting for us here over at Power Spike. We're in playoffs. It means only quality. Lack of quantity, though. So we don't have to wade through a bunch of crap games. Digon, Dom, and Monty here to break down the world of LOL. Oh, we're still LCS, let's be honest. Let's be honest. That Those weren't great. <laughs> I mean, they're great if you're a Cloud9 fan. They're great if you're a Golden Guardians fan. You know, I don't... What? They not a lot of fans. Them. Yeah. It's Dion, you are the fan. You are I'm, the Golden Guardians I am fan. in their, I am in their Discord. Let's see how big their Discord is. I can... Mm -hmm. Quick peek here. Oh, the member list is hidden. They hid it from me. Okay. Of course well, they did. <laughs> they, All uh, 23 people in there. They, they did a reorganization. Well, of them Discord. are Golden Guardian staff, by the way, and one of them is Degon. Oh, yeah, I'm still staff in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Monty, how are you, man? Uh, I've, I've been a little, a little sick, um, but yeah. Uh, otherwise, enjoying the LCK playoffs. I actually kind of enjoying the LCS playoffs. I, I did like that Golden Guardians completely shit on EG. I did enjoy that. I did enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, suck it, organization of EG. Players, teams of EG feel bad, but orgs suck it. Uh, I mean, also, hilariously, I don't know if you saw if you guys saw this, but uh, in VCT and Valorant, the Cloud9 roster without Ye uh, put EG in the dumpster in that league as well. So it's it's real going real bad for EG over there. Although nobody actually saw that match because, you know, 80 percent of the viewership was actually like on co-streams, which is definitely the sign of a healthy esport. I, I tuned in and Tarek had 75,000 viewers and the official stream had 18,000. Oh, uh, and then, damn. you know, a smattering here there. Sinatra had like five or six. So, yeah, definitely a healthy esport mm -hmm. when uh, when 80 percent plus is is co-streaming viewership. Definitely. Yeah, I wonder I wonder why they don't want to allow co-streaming for MSI and Worlds. <laughs> I'm strange. Well, they do, just not from you. <laughs> yeah, from Saikuno. <laughs> get, get the Saikuno commentary. Yeah, just just not from you, Dom. Just not from yeah. you. <laughs> well, Saikuno. I don't know if you knew this, but Saikuno uh, started with League. Oh yeah, so many years ago, it, it, it's not like there are hundreds of millions of people in the world who have played League that can just claim that they made some League content a few years ago, right? Yeah, but he started with League, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh dom how are you oh i'm doing i'm doing great i watched my favorite team take out what was projected to be a top two team across literally everything in lpl so <laughs> yeah my stupid ass team is getting better you know what you know what's actually the, the the truth about omg it's not that they've necessarily gotten better as a team it's that riot has just added more champions to the game that they can play so now cassante is available <laughs> and yone was like was uh you know, it came out, I think, in um, end of S of S10, S11, whatever, and end of S11 or S end of S10. So then when it became viable, then now you have cream that can play Yone. So now there's just mm -hmm. too many champions to ban in the game versus OMG. Well, let's start there. Future the MSI winner OMG. I oh. would actually I would love that if that happened, honestly. That would be hilarious. Since since they uh, since rookie died for this, I do hope that OMG goes. <laughs> yeah, I did Club not think skip. I would be. I, I look, they beat JDG. That's all I'm gonna say. It, they can do it. They could make it to MSI. <laughs> they, they beat Top Esports twice. They beat Top Esports in the regular season. People are like, oh it's just a fluke. Like you know, we'll see in best of fives, and they just beat them in a best of five. So I don't know. OMG. I mean, they play just a different game to everyone else. So I think that's what makes them unique. Hey guys, this is Monty. Now on this channel, you might think that KFE would be more appropriate on the Monty and Wolf show. 
But here on Power Spike, we are push freezing enthusiasts, KFE. That's right. And thanks to our sponsor, Freeze Pipe, you can be too. This beautiful glycerin chamber is from the Freeze Pipe Bong XL. And you can just pop this piece into your freezer an hour before you start to smoke, and it will cool the smoke by over 300 degrees Fahrenheit. That's right. It means a cool and smooth smoking experience. And as of right now, it's April 3rd, a little more than two weeks until 420. So now is your time to get some great value on some new glass to make sure that you have a lovely April 20th. And to get a discount, you can head on over to www.thefreezepipe.com and use the code LFN, of course, easy to remember because it stands for Last Free Nation, at checkout for a 10% discount on your entire order. So head on over to thefreezepipe.com and pick one up now. Well, uh, whether it's a fluke or not, we have another F word that we got to dive into. It's fraud. Our first segment of the day. Fraud alert as we take a peek at three teams in the different regions that maybe should have performed better than what they did. Instead, they are packing their bags for uh, vacation for the rest of the spring split waiting for summer to start. Uh, and let's start there. The top three teams that we were speaking of. Top esports over in the LPL, Evil Geniuses in North America, and Hanwha Life Esports, the super team in LCK. Uh, well, and, and the reason why we're doing it with these three teams is that these were all teams that were eliminated from the playoffs this week. Because, like, obviously, if we were doing it frauds across everything, like D Plus would probably be in there as well. Team you know, Liquid. Yeah. Team Liquid. So we're not, fo- we're only focusing on the frauds that have recently been beaten down. Yeah. Also, I feel like these are these are teams that got a lot of passes for wherever they placed, you know, like it was like, oh, well, Hanla or top esports, top two team, EG, wait till they figure it out. They're top three, top two team that maybe top three for EG, but like that they were given passes because of their roster composition, who they were, how long they've been playing together for the fact for the EG core. Um but these three, let, let's dive into it. who's the biggest fraud here. And we'll start with you, Monty. Uh, who's the biggest fraud? I mean, top has to be the biggest fraud, right? As Dom was saying, everybody had them top two in the world. I think I'll make a counter argument, though. I think, weirdly, Hanwha Life is the least big fraud because they didn't have a lot of expectations around this roster. I think most people who knew the players on this team thought that it was ridiculous that Hanwa was buying so high on Zeka and Kingen, given the course of their careers and their overall performance. Clint also was not particularly good last year, and there was a big question mark about whether he would be revitalized. In fact, I, only, I think the only player that we were uh, bullish on in terms of performance was, uh, was Viper, uh, who was a very known quantity after his season last year and after his performance at Worlds. So I think Hanwha, what's weird is placing top four is maybe a better result for Hanwha than we might have expected because D-plus failed so hard, right? And Live Sandbox started out a little bit stronger than got weaker, but we expected Hanwha to be potentially like a top five, like a playoff team. But were I they going to be, be top like four? top three. I thought they were going to really? be top three. I didn't, th- yeah. I, I didn't think they were going to be that good. But I thought continue. KT was, was going to be way worse than they yeah. are. Like I didn't think KT was going to be top four with with their I, roster. I mean, Keen came off his worst year 
ever. And BDD so it's like, had his worst year. And, also. and BDD also had his worst year ever. And then Cuz has been like Cuz. You know, like no one thinks that Cuz is going to be a top tier jungler in the LCK, right? Like that's not something that people believe. People think the top junglers are going to be like Peanut Owner Canyon, probably. Like that's most likely going to be your top three junglers. That's fair. There was also the question about Gen G replacing their bot lane. So, I mean, there were mm -hmm. a lot of question marks and maybe you could have said, okay, so maybe the the established synergy between Zeka and Kingen will get them somewhere. So I guess it's fair, but I, I'm saying I don't think they were super fraudulent because, I mean, you said top three, they were fourth place, right? That's not, that's not yeah. ludicrous, right? Yeah, I'd say HLE is probably the least fraudulent in terms of like where they end up placing because I mean, getting top three in LCS for EG should not have been that difficult, especially with the roster that they have. They have a bunch of people that are used to getting pretty deep in playoffs. So them not getting top three when like, you know, FlyQuest has a completely new team. There's no existing synergy, just five random players thrown on a team. Then you have, uh, you know, you have Golden Guardians who outplace them who had at least three positions that are considered way worse. Um, you know, licorice is considered way worse than someday in, in LCS standards. FBI is considered to be way better than Stixa if you look at the, the most recent years. And then who he, you know, I mean, he's he's not on uh, 100 Thieves anymore for a reason. People just didn't believe in him um, because of all of his play in the Enchanter meta. The fact that he just could not get his mythic item ever because he bought 85 pink wards a game. Um, so EG is, is a team that I, I think is potentially more fraudulent when you think about how easy yeah. it is. Like, for example... I think EG is the worst team here by far, right? I think there's, there's oh, yeah. no one that, that's going to argue that. Like, top esports, they, they're they fraudulent based off placing, but they went to five games with OMG, and OMG actually, I thought, played pretty well. Like, there's some things about OMG that makes them scary, and now that they've added a couple more champions to their pool, I think that this is, like, what has kind of ticked them over the edge recently, tipped them over the edge, is the fact that they now can... Now you can't just ban out Cream and win the game. Now that you now that Arya's came back into the meta, you you have Ari that's mid lane, so you don't necessarily want to just only ban mid. And now Rumble is looking so fucking scary for Shanji when he plays it. It looks so OP that you don't yeah, want to give is. that. And then there's like the Cassante as well, which is a a broken champion in Shanji's hands. Like he plays it, he might be the best Cassante in the world. Legit, he might just be hands down the best Cassante in the world. The amount of like space that he creates in in fights, the way that he'll set up his Q three, like we've seen. I mean, he's played. Almost, I, I mean, he's played more Cassante. Here's a stat for you. He's played more Cassante in this split than he's played any other champion over the past four splits. That's crazy. So Cassante is his most played champion of all time in competitive play. And it just 18, came out this year. Yeah, he has 18 games out. His next one is Rumble with 17 and then Kennen with 14. Yeah, that's pretty Rumble, funny, actually. And Rumble has been his like pocket pick. So just look right so now. Sort it by spring split and look at how many Cassante games he has compared to the next champion this split. Yeah, he has eight games on Scion as the next one. Yeah, and 18 games on on the Cassante. So, I mean, the fact that he plays it and then the win rate is obviously insane. They win almost every game and he just plays it extremely well. You see him do things in matchups that other people don't even know is possible. Like the triple proxy yesterday that we saw on Cassante, like that was a way that he could avoid the Gwen matchup. Normally you see Gwen versus Cassante. Gwen is considered a counter to Cassante. Gwen has like push in the lane. Gwen, Gwen is like threatening to kill, has 1v1 potential at almost all points. And it seemed like Shanji's just able to do things that people aren't expecting. So I think that, that he's just on a different level with that champion. So you have Cassante you're worried about, Rumble you're worried about, you still have to worry about Yone, Silas was permabanned in, in, in the series, then you have Akali from Cream you always have to worry about, and then if you're going to ban three of those champions, that means that Aki gets to play whatever he wants, and Aki is probably the most 
like sus player on OMG. So if he's able to just play his Wukong every game, then he's going to be way better than he would on something else. And then you have Abel, who's just able to play like Aphelios, whatever he wants as well. So I think that that's what makes um, that team good. And that's why I think that top losing, obviously it's like they shouldn't have lost. They should just be able to outplay them because they have better players. But I don't think OMG is like that fraudulent of a team. I don't think that OMG is actually a terrible team. They used to be terrible, but now they're actually decent for LPL standards. For example, Weibo lost today uh, 3-0 to BLG. I would, I would love to see OMG versus Weibo in a series. I think OMG would just beat Weibo in a series right now. They look way more cohesive as a team, and they've, they've, they really understand how to play around all of their unique picks, where before everyone was kind of good at their own pick, but there wasn't like a strategy around it. But now it seems like they actually play better as a team. Part of that's probably adding PB God, who's somebody who's actually won. He's the only player on this team that has won a playoff series before. So... I mean, it's obviously bad for like, yeah, from, from the whole team. It's obviously bad that top esports lost, but like I was the way top esports lost, at least they lost more respectably than EG lost the way EG lost. Like they just got shit, shit. Stomped I, I mean, in, like, they, they, two hours, bro. Too. I, they, I mean, it was a shocking speed run, but even just the number of mistakes that EG was making, like, I, I threw up in my mouth a little bit watching someday just like TP bot at 26 minutes after, you know, JoJo's Lissandra got chunked out and then the Rumble just walked away and TP the Baron that they were already doing. Like, it's a fucking disgusting macro. Uh, and then they, they were just drafting, losing lanes and then taking early fights. And they just ignored like river's location for like a lot of the games like they would see him in river and then they would walk vulcan would like walk into tribrush and just die to a fucking maokai that he knew was there yeah just, it's i mean well, they it, played outrageously badly yeah i mean like, I, the, the game that closer was commentating at the beginning you could tell that he was so fucking mad about he what was, was going on. <laughs> he, was, he was sitting there and he was like I can't believe that he just like walks into that brush. They just saw him on the scuttle crab and Rel was like walking towards Tribrush. I was like, Jesus Christ, like this is terrible. It's the combination of mistakes. Like, okay, one person can have a brain fart and just be like completely out of it. Like maybe Vulcan just, he was thinking about something else. You know, he's like thinking about like how nice it's going to be to go out to, you know, all the restaurants in, in Raleigh or something. He he saw the episode last <laughs> week of Monty talking about Carolina barbecue. He was really excited. But the thing that I don't understand is how does Vulcan make that mistake? You see Maokai just kill him, right? You see, or you see uh, like him just die. You see Vulcan die. And then how does Jojo just die mid? Like you literally just saw him bot and he walks. Mid. It's like a solo queue game where somebody walks over a fucking ward, kills your bot lane, and then just walks mid and then kills your mid lane. It's like, was, no, he literally, that's what? right. I forgot about the mid lane because he literally just killed him. The and then he walked play. through their jungle and then he went up there and we didn't see a flash out of Jojo. It's like, yeah, I mean, it was literally the easiest gank of all time. But it's like, it's such, it's such noob gameplay. It's just, you're, oh, you're a fucking terrible, noob yeah. if you die to this shit. You're a noob for dying into a bot. You're a giga noob if you die to a mid. Like, you just need to, like, it's just reportable. Dude, I, I'm can, typing to you. In solo queue, if you do that, I'm typing to you. You're getting a fucking we, novel written in the chat. Can we, can we also talk about just some of these drafts where they, like, pick all losing lanes or they, they draft, like, yep. triple AD carry and then Inspired goes tank Maokai. So they just have no AP damage. So, like, frozen heart licorice just completely owns them i mean yeah. I, I this is this is like outrage it was outrageously bad at every fucking level like why would you draft 
the composition they had in game one. Because even though Vulcan is doing work, like, is it because Jojo Pion can't play other champions? Did you think you were being cute with a potential, you know, Tristana flex pick here? It's just so fucking weird. It, and credit to Golden Guardians. Like, I don't want to take it away. Like, their big weak point, they have very strong points in the LCS, and their big weak point was Licorice, and he's played, he's been, he played a lot better. Um, yeah, he played which, well. Yeah, which makes me very happy because I think Licorice is a very sweet human being and it makes it pleases me when he does well. Um, maybe it's a good dude that won. We never yeah. get to say that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he actually started practicing the game again. But I thought like a lot of his picks in this series were very interesting and they had answers to absolutely everything. I love the fact that they're flexing the Cassante like we see. I mean, that's taking a, a page out of Genji, right? Um, but it allows them to get some cool counter picks like the rumble into the top lane matchup of Malphite. So, I mean, I liked what we were seeing, but honestly, like EG just looked like they were just going to pick passive lanes and pray to God that they won. But they weren't even doing themselves any favors a lot of the time. I hope this was a one off split for Jojo and this isn't who he becomes. If he becomes the fucking like bitch ass Lissandra player sitting under his turret, like that's afraid to fight. My God, our region is doomed. He's the fucking hope. He's supposed to be the future. I was so disappointed in just seeing the way that he approached the series. It's like he he literally just pulled the Dardock. Let's lose in peace. He lost in peace in that game. He didn't go out kicking and screaming. And if you compare that to another elimination game he played, right? Compare that to the game versus TSM. Last summer playoffs. When they're in the loser's bracket, everything's falling apart. He has the Swain game where he pulls through, makes like the really fucking clutch plays. That's what ends up winning them that series right he st he steals the drake so that the enemy team doesn't get soul they just got bare oh, yeah. like he, he's the one that that really came to play and and he came to win in the big moments and now seeing like how he played this series it was just it was just sad to me like i think he's better than that i don't know i hope he's like i hope he um got like a little bit too cocky or something and he's like really wants to prove how good he is next split i hope that he just doesn't become like satisfied with one championship when he's a player that could be like a generational player i don't know what you're America. talking about even if he has a bad performance eg will just keep him on his contract as a streamer so there's actually no. just no motivation yeah no true i mean i don't know if he's if he's gonna get the same treatment though because they actually let him sit out so maybe he gets like preferential treatment <laughs> <laughs> Ryoma, get in there Jojo needs yeah. a break, and uh, we, we need a break for our PR front. So, uh, get there. <laughs> um, ah, that, what was my point? Uh, all right, let's let's rate these things. As Digon yeah. thinks of his point, let's rate okay. them out of ten on the fraud of uh, the fraud meter. Yeah, I can give, I, when can I we give, flame HLE? Yeah, go now. Now is a great okay, time. Sure. So HLE, they're not all fraudulent. They're all fraudulent except for Viper. <laughs> Viper is getting into it again. <laughs> He They're, did. He did get hardened. He, he was the only reason that they even had a shot at winning anything in that series. The thing that's so sick is it reminds me of EDG last year where he carries every game that's like close. Any game that they're kind of in, Viper will carry if they give him a shot. I mean, but this motherfucker Clid, something is wrong with Clid. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing in these games, by the way? Literally, what is he doing? Like Elder is up. No one's on it. He cues over the wall. He sees people running out and he just continues walking in as if he doesn't see them. Like what is going on with Clint? Is he actually just trying to lose? Like I, I get it. It's a, it's a hard, it's a hard Vi Look, game. Maybe you don't want to play Vi into like Zaya Vagar, but to be fair, uh, they had already lost Hextech Soul that game and they had already lost Baron. Their, their chance of winning He's the was reason extremely they lost Soul. He's the reason he, he ult, it's a Hextech Soul fight. And he, he and he ults the Vagar. And I'm just saying the that the game was scene. already lost at that stage. But he's the reason they're there. <laughs> he's the one that's inting them. 
he, he ruined the soul fight and then he ruined the elder fight and then they just lose the game. How are you supposed to play if you're AD carry? He didn't even give him a shot. Like can, he didn't even we, let can Viper we flame carry. Zeka too, because like Zeka was really oh, yeah. fucking oh. terrible. Like how do you how do you die in the ways that he died? Did <laughs> wait wait? Zeka had one one good one good match in that series, right? Was it Which, a game game uh, two? Game, game three? three was bad. Vetrostana game. He was tackling it up. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was the bad. He one. was tackling it game up two. in the game three. I don't know. <laughs> it was tough. Wow, tactical is now a verb. That's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, looking for it now. No, but. I mean we could flame uh, flame flame Zika as well. I like the main thing that that I hated was just to see how overhyped Zika was after Worlds, where like people just wanted oh, to yeah. say like he's all time better than Chovy. Like, are they like how the fuck did he win Player of the Year at LCK? How did he Look, win that, was, that was that was absolutely outrageous by the way that was so like what what the fuck does does t1 have to do to get a player of the year when they make I mean, all all finals yeah they sure. only win one of them but like just because zeka peaked really hard in a silas akali meta where he got every single pick that he could possibly dream of i mean i, I don't want to take away from zeka's performance because it was fucking impressive yeah but he was the best but, player but in at world. the same time like That's he was definitely going to to, to come out, come back to earth. And yes, he, I mean, Dom, that was egregious. That what, was what, egregious. What, I was very angry month, about that. <laughs> what month does the year start? That's what I want to know. Because, like, for me, the year starts in January. But for Elf, <laughs> it starts in October. Like, uh -huh. I mean, it must. Because, look, I can understand, I can understand Chovy get, it's either someone on T1 or Chovy can get player of the year. That I think that those are, like, your two options for player sure. of the year. You could, it's probably, it's probably Zeus, but if he has, like, a, obviously he had a bad finals and a kind of bad semifinals, maybe, and he kind of, like, choked, like, he had a weird summer where he was randomly playing tanks in, in finals versus Gen G, like, tanks and Mordekaiser and weak side where his whole thing is supposed to be able to be, like, a carry top, like, he's supposed to be the carry top. I can understand him not getting it, but like Caria has to get it, right? Caria has to get it, or Chovy has to get it, or if like you know Faker had a pretty good year and he's obviously the goat, so maybe so they give it to, to Faker or something. Maybe I'd have a little bit of a problem with that, but it's more understandable than Zika. Zika was literally only the best LCK player at one point during the the entire year, and it was on one patch because World is only played on one patch. It was on one patch in one tournament, and it was after yep. the LCK. <laughs> and it was after LCK. All right, Dom's now mad about things that happened last year. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, dude. I, I get so triggered by 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 so much shit in this community. Like, I mean, just the amount of the amount of absolute glazing, Digon, that was going on oh. for Zika. The amount of glazing that was going on after Worlds, where like people are just like, yeah, I mean, look, he beat Chovy in in an important series, a really fucking important series. I guess he's just better than Chovy now. It's like, come on, man. Chovy's been better than him for his whole fucking career, except for this one moment. And now <laughs> Chovy's better than him again. Like, where's the respect of the players that, like, deserve the respect? Like, this is kind of Zika, right? Like, this is kind of the level that you'd expect from him. If you didn't see Worlds and this happened, you would not be surprised, right? Yeah. No, of course not. But we, we knew this was going to happen. So you can flame HLE, but I think they are, in fact, the least fraudulent of these teams. Yeah. I mean, it depends on it. I think they're the least fraudulent. It just depends on like how high you rated them going into spring. Yeah. If you, I, if you, if you really bought into like King and shit on Zeus in finals, so maybe he's one of the best top players in the world <laughs> and Zeke is the best player in the world. People were saying Zeke was the best player in the world, right? 
If you actually Probably, believe that yes. he's the best player in the world, and then Viper is a top 280 carry in the world, or the best player in his position in the world, and then Kingen is one of the best players in the world. If you look at it from that angle, then it's like super fraudulent because they should just win if that's what you believe. But I don't know anyone reasonable that believed all those things. Most people said T1 was going to be the best. I know Monty said T1 was going to be the best. I said T1 was going to be the best. They should just be the best. They kept their same lineup. Everyone else changed. They were really fucking good already, so there's no reason for them not to be the best in, in LCK. I think that if if you were delusional about HLE and you bought in, you, you sipped too much of the Kool-Aid after Worlds, maybe then HLE is fraudulent. But I think that HLE landed exactly where they deserve to land. I think the, the bigger problem with HLE is that they don't look like they're getting any better as a team. It, it They just look like they... They look like FlyQuest and LCS, where it doesn't feel like they, like, scrim. It's like, do you get better at anything over the course of the week, or are you just the same team? Whereas, like, KT's teamwork is fucking good. When KT gets around an objective, they're, like, smart. And then I feel like Lehens adds another level of depth. Even in the game that they lost, that that uh, that KT lost to HLE, I mean, the idea of, okay, we took, like, an even fight, but Lehens has Spellbook on Rakan, and he can, like, TP back with Smite, and you can get, like, an actual, like, 4v3 around Baron where you have Smite. I thought that that was some smart stuff. So I feel like KT is actually getting better as a team. They're they're pretty good as a unit, which is interesting to watch. Yeah, their um, objective vision control is really excellent as well. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like Lehens is, is actually, like, mad underrated, just in general. I think well, he's, he's so all fucking good. He's also going to be moving into a meta that probably suits him better because he was always more of a melee engaged support player. So it feels like he's going to be activated, you know, more and more as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, I thought that that he just he's really smart. Like he's almost he's like Hillisong esque, but with less of the downside. Where he just <laughs> plays the game in a way that other people don't play the game. When you watch Lehens play support, he's doing his own thing. You know, like and a lot of times you're like, what the fuck is he doing? You're like, oh shit, wait, actually, no, that's pretty smart. I never thought about that. That's how you look at, that's at least how I look at Lens. All right, we'll talk All about right. KT. Yeah, I know. I was about to say, <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb. We started this with you justifying right, so, the top uh, loss and then the EG yeah. loss and then no, the Honda flame. <laughs> where, where are we at on the scale? I don't right, know the, which the, one the you're the most fraudulent. The fraudulent is. level of, out of one out of 10. I give Hanwha Life a four out of 10. Four frauds out of 10 possible frauds. I, okay. okay. I'll give Clid 10 out of 10 frauds. He's the biggest fraud out of everyone on this list. He's a 10 out of 10 fraud. He's an Omega fraud. Okay, but how fraudulent is everybody else? Because right now, you he's only one-fifth of the team, so that would be two yeah. out of 10 total frauds. So where so, are the other frauds coming from? Okay, so let, let's let's try to average it out. Okay, so on HLE, <laughs> Zika's like a 7 out of 10 fraud. Kagan's no. like a... He's a 7 out of 10. His expectation is to be the best player in Korea. That's no, a new star. He won player of the year. He won player of the year from last year. What? He just won Worlds. <laughs> He's the player of the year. He's supposed to be the best. He's not He's the player of the, the year. Best. That was stupid. We just agreed that was stupid. It was stupid at the time. I mean, look, Don, that's, the word they everyone gave else. Him. that's the word they gave him. That is the bar. He is the All best right. player of the All year right, coming fine. into this year. Seven out of ten frauds. Fine. <laughs> Seven out of ten. I think Kingen is like, I, I think Kingen played like fine for what I expected. Like, Kingen's like a one out of ten fraud. Life's like a two or three out of ten fraud. Viper's a zero out of ten fraud. Not fraudulent at all. That guy is a beast. For my money, I, I would I would rather have we, him than we any have other a, We have a 20 there. out of 50 frauds in total. Yeah. So, so I, I was right. It's four bad. out of ten. All right, four good. out of ten. Yeah, we got there. Wow, <laughs> yeah, we got we got the twenty. But oh my math my is different. God. Wait, so how is your math on it then? What is your math on on how you got to to four out of ten? Like if you because had to, I didn't, I didn't expect that. I expected them to be like a top five team. They got top four. They actually did beat D plus. So they they're not that fraudulent. But okay. like 
They, they, the way they went out was pretty embarrassing. So who who are the most fraudulent players on the lineup in your... Uh, okay, because I don't take into account the dumb fact that idiots voted Zeka as LCK player of the year, which is obviously <laughs> egregious. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say about that one. So I didn't have, I maybe had a slightly, I thought Zeka might improve a little bit, but he would kind of fall back down to maybe a little bit higher than his previous level. So I would say maybe Zeka's like a five out of 10. I would say life is probably, he wasn't that hyped up, but he's also not been playing that well. So maybe he's like a four out of 10. I do agree that Clit is very high. But also Clint had a bad, bad season last time. So maybe Clint's like an 8 out of 10. Um, I how agree did you get on this like team? 0 out of 10. Dude, that's how you know people don't watch LPL. Ain't no one watched FPX and been like, yeah, he's... I, it could be one of the players. Team. I mean, how these things happen is like a player's like, I need to play with Clint. And they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dred's still there, man. Dred's just waiting for yeah, that no. sweet contract. What it was is the players were kind of young. They asked like, hey, uh, where is the Clint? And they interpreted that as... The clid, and then they got clid on the lineup. That's what happened. <laughs> they just learned. They just wanted to know right. some female no, four, four out of four. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Dom, what the fuck, man? You're like you were. This was not. This was not done like an hour ago. What the? Hell? He's had a few drinks. All right. Had my <laughs> coffee of the day. <laughs> uh, let's 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 EG. go. So four, four out of EG is like EG has to be like a nine out of eight or nine out of ten. For sure. I mean, they they should have, by all uh, by all reasoning, prior to the start of the season, like we would have said, oh, wow, this FlyQuest roster looks really strong. But EG's basically running it back, except they have FBI. Nine out of 10 is crazy, though. Nine out of 10 is like TL levels of fraudulent, right? Like pretty like nine out of 10. I feel like you have to be like you have to be not even making playoffs. It has to be really bad because like if you think about all the players if we're going to do the the math on all the players not everyone is like a massive massive fraud like inspired you can't say he's like a nine out of ten fraud like maybe he's like a four or something all right all right seven out of ten yeah i think that's more fair i could do seven out of (laughs) ten yeah i mean yes you you look back on it these these players uh all of them going back for the last two years haven't have only made top three Right, because uh, uh, FBI and um, uh, someday over with Hundred Thieves, that was three in a row. So it's it feels like it would be higher fraudulence then. I, I think that's I think that's why seven works. Seven or yeah, seven works for me. Yeah, I don't think you can make it to playoffs and be a ten out of ten fraud unless you're like supposed to be like one of the like unless like T one or something somehow didn't make playoffs. Like where it's like you're supposed to be one of the best teams in the world and then you don't even make playoffs. That's like ten out of ten fraudulency. Like maybe XL, a team that's supposed to be like good competing for a title that ends up getting 10th. Maybe that's like 10 out of 10 fraud. Like, I mean, EG got fourth where they're expected to be what? Third, I think. Yeah. Were they expected to be third? I, I thought they would probably third. be top two because uh, I didn't think Cloud9 was going to be as good as they are. I had Cloud9 second, I believe. I think I had number one, Why, Why, Cloud number nine. two, Cloud9, number three, EG. Yeah, I had number two, EG. Um, but anyway, all right. Uh, I have as, as disclosure. I have not seen the OMG top esports, so I am not going to rate top. We'll we'll leave that to to Dom. Yeah, I'll rate them like a. They're more fraudulent than. I guess it would be like eight out of ten. Like they should be top wow. two, and they got yeah, seventh yeah, for sure. So I I think like eight out of ten is fair. Like. 
when you, when you go down the list, I mean, there's some weird stuff in here, right? Like, I feel like that's the thing that, that's hard to judge with, with top esports. Like, they have just this weird, like, internal drama that you don't even know what happened where, like, they had problems with their coach. So they randomly, they went from being really good to, like, randomly starting to lose series and they fire their coach almost instantly or their coach steps away because of, like, issues, but it just seems very weird in the timing of it. And then they become, like, shit right now. Like, this is a, this is whiplash from, what, a month ago when they were considered still a top team. People were still be like, yeah, they're probably top two. Maybe top three, people would say. Like maybe when EDG started soaring up the ranks, maybe you had e EDG top two with uh, JDG, and then like top esports probably higher than Weibo and some other other teams. But um, yeah, I mean they're they're they were pretty bad in this OMG series for their standards. I mean they have multiple worlds winners on their team, right? Like it's a it's a three x world winner team. You expect them to do better, especially like when you think about the meta that we're in right now. I feel like this meta suits them all pretty well like they can play everything that's in the meta but then also like wayward randomly was playing in playoffs where he didn't play at all during the entire season so not sure what happened with that like it obviously something went wrong with practice or like maybe ching tian was just not performing i mean he looked pretty bad in the recent series it's just very weird like there's some it, it reeks of one of those teams that has some internal drama that just isn't out there yet it just and it also very weird watching them play in that series, Dom, correct me if I was wrong, it also felt like Wayward was constantly in the wrong place at the wrong time, multiple times, and not having a great series. Like, when you think about players that outplayed their opposing number, right? Shanji just outplayed Wayward, like, by yeah, far. By by far. But, yeah, I would just say that Shanji played extremely well for this series. Like, I'm sure, sure. Monty, when you watch it, you'll be very impressed with the way Shanji was playing. Like, he Yeah, was yeah, just I've seen some of the, the highlights. That it looked really good, but... He he's very good. He's the one guy that you could see moving to like a top tier team. Like out of out of OMG, he's definitely the more the most legit player. Because not only does he like play all the weird stuff, but he also has that high baseline where he can play the meta champions. Like when he plays Kennen in the final game, it's a good fucking Kennen. It looks like it looks like one of the other top Kennen players from from LPL. You know, he, his GP has a really bad win rate in professional play. But he's somebody who has a lot of respect. Like, a lot of people give him respect on GP. I think Nuggery in an interview uh, talked about how good he thought Shanji's GP was. You know, he can always play Renekton. Uh, he played Cassante as a new champion that just came out, was put into the meta. He became one of the best Cassante players. You know, he's able to play Scion. It's just his team doesn't work well when he's on a, a tank. They obviously need him to be a carry threat. But I feel like Shanji just did things that other people don't expect. And it's so it's so hard to play against a player like Shanji, especially if you're giving him some of his core picks because he's just doing things that other people don't do. When when do you see an Ignite top laner be bot lane at four minutes and 30 seconds into the game? At, when do you see that? Where When is the top laner... When is the... Fuck Ignite top lane. When is the top laner ever bot at four minutes and 30 seconds into the game? The only <laughs> time we see it is this weird Scion cheese that people do level one. Outside sure, yeah. of that... No one's bot lane in those fights at level five. Like you think maybe Rumble's gonna get six and then roam with his ult or something, or like maybe he'll roam down for a Drake, but he just sees a fight popping off. And like you'd see this maybe if somebody had TP where they roam to fight or they cover a dive with TP or something and then they just go back top. But you never get into a fight in the bottom jungle and you have an ignite rumble just pop out of nowhere with fucking sork boots and just one shot you. It was sick. It was it was a rumble's it's really dream. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. I, I brought us back to OMG and then Dom popped off again. All right, so yeah. an eight for top esports. We had eight. Yeah, they're pretty fraudulent. Eight, seven, and four. Because top esports is our most fraudulent squad <laughs> for uh, this past <laughs> round. This past round of teams that got knocked out. 
That was a long way to get there. This, this Our fraud alert turned into dump onto Zeka and the LCK fan voters. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like Zeka too, okay? I was I watched him before, <laughs> before LCK, LCK fans really knew who Zeka was. He was playing in BLG. So I watched him play. I was like, oh, this guy has some promise. And when he looked to go to Worlds, I was like, damn, he's like, this is a crazy fucking storyline. He went from being like a fringe, like top seven mid laner in LPL in 2021 to being a world champion the next year. Like that is a crazy fucking storyline. I just hate when players like Chovy, like they don't win worlds. And then suddenly it's like nothing else matters in their oh, career. We'll get to it. The fans were also saying Chovy played badly in that uh, T1 series, which is, I can't deal with it. I, where, no. where, I, I talked to LS recently about it. We did it on face check and he was talking about the, where do I see the fan response? I didn't actually look, I don't look at any of the fan response. Apparently he you said like FM tell. Korea like was they were popping off about like they were saying that Dorn was actually good because his plays were giga five head. They just didn't work out. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Before we dive into the hot takes of the uh, Gen GT one series from wherever they're coming from, let's do a quick LPL check-in because the playoffs are already on the way. As you heard, OMG, Dom's crackhead team found a way to win over Top yep. Esports, one of the highest rated squads. So Dom, give us a little breakdown of how things have shaken up so far. Um, So LPL has been interesting. It's definitely been, been interesting. You've had a lot of, uh, I guess, perceived upsets so far in the playoffs i mean if you're just if you're not an omg believer then maybe you have some perceived <laughs> upsets but if you look at, at, at things like rng versus blg rng always had that like air about them where you you felt like they would get it together in the playoffs you're like you know what they started really bad they kind of got it together towards the end they'll they'll be good when it matters you know i mean they're the team that has won the last two msis and they just got their ass beat by BLG and Angel. My God, he's he's ten out of ten fraud. He's crazy levels of fraudulent. So that was interesting to see. So BLG, they were like, I guess they were slightly favored versus RNG, but people had faith in in RNG. That was supposed to be a close series. BLG looked like considerably, uh, like a considerably better team. And then BLG beating Weibo three zero, that was crazy. Like that, like if you fucking if you bet that shit before the series, oh my God, you're rich now. So. That was uh that was pretty surprising, and then OMG beating uh, top esports is a big upset as well. I know I know there was a meme behind, um after the series where like the juggler they asked the juggler like, how does it feel like to be underdogs and beat like top esports, and he's like, well, sixth place should beat seventh place. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a giga chad way to go about it, but I mean Smaller so far, answer. I mean that's uh I mean that's what three upsets. It's three potential like two. At least two, two and a half upsets so far in, in LPL. So you just got to see, you know, first round was pretty expected. RNG beating TT and, and uh, Top Esports beating WE. That was fine. I think that, you know, Top Esports and RNG both had one really bad game, but the other games, they looked significantly better than their opponents. But I think that second round in LPL was, was interesting to a lot of people. And it was just cool to see the adaptations from OMG. Even if you're not like an OMG fan, they just play the game differently to everybody else. And I think that the thing that makes the the game so nice to watch is they're good enough at their own picks that counters don't really exist like you see rookie rookie is one of the best mid laners in, in the world i mean he didn't play like it in this series but if you want to go through any metric of history i mean like he's oh, yeah, been he was one so of good the best this split for sure yeah he was good he was good this split 
And the fact that he's like trying so hard to deny Cream his picks, he's like taking a Akali so that Cream doesn't get it. They're banning out Silas one, two, three, every single game. When, when you think about players, Rookie should be one of the best players at playing into something like Silas. He's the guy that plays Oriana, right? Like that was one of the standard counters. He can play everything into something like Silas. And they're banning out Yone in, in most of the games. They're banning out Akali. They're banning out Silas. They're trying so hard to contain OMG's play style. And OMG just still ends up just playing enough champions that it doesn't matter. And in the final game, when they don't have access to a lot of the picks that you'd expect them to really rely on to win, they end up just playing a better game than top esports. They just legitimately are better with the Kennen, the Ari. They didn't even have to rely on their like cheese picks anymore to win. They just win a straight up game. I think that that's pretty interesting. And... Going into LNG, I think that this is actually not as bad a matchup for OMG as a lot of people expect, mainly because of top. Like, the, I think the strengths of OMG match up well into LNG, and I'd be very surprised if it's super one-sided. We got to see both of those teams play a best of three. That was our certified banger um, a couple weeks back. Remember, like, I kept on talking about how middle-of-the-pack teams playing, like, against each other, do they have the absolute shit fest? Turns out sure. they're actually not middle-of-the-pack. They're, like, I guess they're technically, like, top, top third of the league teams, so... Hey, this uh, this is probably going to be a an exciting series tomorrow. With the uh, with the Billy Billy and Weibo series, what happened in that one? Oh, Weibo literally got gapped in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it happened this tweet. morning, so I haven't seen it yet. Uh, so Weibo was gapped in every single position. I think the main thing for uh, BLG that looks a lot better is that Yagao is just starting to look like Summer Yagao again. He's starting to just look like one of the top mid laners in the league. And when Yagao looks good, then the whole team seems to function let me just read a, a tweet right here um so let's see uh okay so forrest tweeted during the series he said it was never weibo evidently every role getting so cancer gapped fuck off man good night laughing my fucking ass off that was a good that, <laughs> yeah i would say cancer gapped is probably the way that you could put this series everyone got cancer gapped <laughs> Just just slamming our gamer words together into yep. surprising new combinations. Yep. <laughs> gamer words. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> who you got? Who you got going through for this LPL? Uh, I guess last third round matchup. Do you go I'm with really your heart? For this one. I'm really excited for LNG OMG. I think OMG could do it. I believe. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I think they can too. Like, it's, it's LNG like is a one-dimensional team. Like they're fun, but they are one-dimensional. Yeah, I mean, LNG is a pretty solid team, but I feel like the thing about OMG is that they've gotten so much better as a unit. Like before, they kind of were all just relying on having enough. They were like playing solo queue where they were just a bunch of one tricks that were really good at their picks. Now it feels like PB Gods created like an element of stability where they're actually able to, for example. The, more, the most impressive games for me in this OMG TS series are the ones that they lost. The fact that once they're down like 4k, 5k gold, they're actually able to like play side lanes and get resources on the map and keep a 5k deficit. They used to be the team that would just get absolutely shit on. And some of their comps weren't that good. It wasn't that easy to catch up. But the fact that they have some element of macro now is kind of scary because OMG was always the team that was just going to like out hands you in a team fight. That, and people would just not give it to them. They'd be like, all right, just don't give them their champions and don't give them these free fights. Play a solid macro game. Be an objectives first, first force them to face check, and they're just gonna go like full int engage into you, and they're just gonna lose. I don't think you can do that into OMG anymore. That being said, the scary part about LG, OMG, I mean, the way that I can see OMG easily losing is if Tarzan just completely dumps on Aki because Aki is the worst player on OMG. So he's very limited in his champion pool, and Tarzan's really good at exploiting bad junglers. 
Sure. And Aki is pretty bad. Like even in the game <laughs> that they even in the games that they end up winning, like he is just getting absolutely jungle pathing kingdom by Tien. Even though Tien ended up running it down later on in the game. If you just go first five minutes, first six minutes, jungle pathing only. Oh my god. It's like Aki is getting three camps. His whole jungle is gone. He somehow only got three camps on his side of the jungle. Didn't get any of uh, he, he didn't get any camps from Tien. And he's just sitting there for 30 seconds waiting for his wolf to respawn. He just sits on his wolves and just has to wait for them to respawn in his face because there's nothing else to do. It was tough. All right. There you have it. Uh, Monty, just double checking here. LNG, OMG. I mean, LNG is your squad. This is your, this is your duo. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think they win this. I like, I, I think they, they've had a good run, but uh, I, they, they, you believe as much as I love them. I, I, well, I mean, given recent events, I, I think LNG, it's amazing they've gotten as far as they have, in my opinion. They've already overperformed in my mind. Look, this is, this is I, would, I, could, I would say the same for OMG. I think that LNG made the crucial mistake of becoming a good team. Because OMG always beats good teams. If they were just <laughs> if, if LNG was shit, if that was like Ultra Prime, Ultra Prime would like 3-0 them. But the fact that LNG is actually a pretty good team now activates OMG's superpower. All right. Well, there you go. We'll see how this one plays out. This is tonight, Dom. <laughs> OMG <What>? to MSI. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that, man. That's such a stupid ass team. That'd be so I think that they're the perfect representatives for LPL. They're the to be perfect, honest, like, yeah. That's what you want out of an LPL team. You don't want you don't want EDG pretending to be Korean. Like, like <laughs> that's not fun. Like EDG is just cosplaying a Korean team and they're just like a worse version of it. They're like a they're like a slightly worse version of like Gen G or like KT or something. That's EDG. I would much rather watch OMG just represent by being like, we play Rumble with Ignite top lane. Yes, we play Ignite top lane. And like, <laughs> if you come up here to try to fight the Rumble, I'm going to 2v1 you. And if you don't come up to fight the Rumble, he's going to come down and try to fight you at level five. That's what I want to see. <laughs> well, that's who, that's what, that was the question. It was who's, who's being sacrificed to allow OMG to go? I guess EDG. We're, we're seeing down the future. That was like Nostradamus right there. All right. Uh, OMG. I love that team. OMG and LNG for that last uh, spot in the... It'll get them into the double elimination bracket with the top four squads, but it's been a pretty good run for them already. All right, moving from one playoffs to uh, the next, a league in playoffs is making news about not the playoffs in our newest segment of Tough to Swallow. Might be a team leaving the LCS pretty soon, and Monty has something to say about it. All right, you guys knew this was coming. It's time to talk about our favorite team with our favorite owner. Fnatic? SM. Oh, 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 right. Oh, sorry. No, it's I, I think I think I, I'm interested to hear you guys take about this, but like the reporting that's coming out, uh, if you can call it reporting, because Travis Gafford is doing it. That, that's your choice, <laughs> not mine. I call it content creation because that's yep. what he calls it. He claims he's not a journalist while he does journalistic things. Super weird how that happened. It's almost like it's when it's convenient for him to be a journalist, he calls himself one. And when it's not, he does but that aside let's talk a little bit about tsm <laughs> now i think tsm is making a very 
intelligent decision, which is that they are drawing down their business in the LCS. While they still claim, oh, yes, we are going to invest in Counter-Strike this year. Uh, we're making our biggest investment ever. But what a scumbag move if they did what they allegedly did, which is to tell all of their players, you have 24 hours to decide if you want to take LCS minimum wage or not. Remember that Reggie was also the guy who told Vulcan that he'd be flipping burgers, implying that he would be taking a minimum wage. And then Reggie goes and gives minimum wage to his own players. Really weird <laughs> uh, how that works, guys guys. Uh, so let's talk about this TSM thing. Now, why would they spend money if they're not actually making money? Yes, LCS viewership has remained stable, but it's far, 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 far below what it was in 2016 or 2017, right? Those numbers have decreased and the movement of days hasn't actually decreased viewership. Remember, we haven't gotten to the playoffs yet, so we can't compare this spring to last spring fully. It might even be slightly higher. But where are the sponsors? State Farms pulling out TSM. Man, they don't have any sponsors either. Remember when TSM hey, said... FTX. Oh, yeah. Remember, oh, when they, remember when they said that FTX, that uh, them losing FTX? Remember that $200 million deal? Yeah, it's fine. We can just lose $200 million that we thought we were going to get over the next 10 years. Our business is fine. Uh, yeah, it's not going to affect the esports division at all in any way, even though we know that a big part of that investment was because who was it? Who was it? Oh, yeah. Sam Bankman-Fried was a League of Legends playing TSM fan. So clearly, he would want the money to go to the League of Legends team. So when that poof vanishes, guess what? You know, we don't see an, a, an LCS team investment anymore, right? They are doing the absolute bare minimum on the esports front. And I don't blame them because there's not a lot of investment in esports these days. Not only is TSM potentially for sale, but we know a lot of the other teams are also for sale. You think you think Dignitas isn't for sale? You think CLG isn't for sale? You think Immortals isn't for sale? All these teams would take the right offer. Some of these teams are even going out there and hiring banks to actually facilitate the transactions and find a buyer, right? FlyQuest got lucky in many ways that they were able to find a buyer so quickly. But this is really problematic for a lot of the other esports teams on the market. You're going to see a lot of them draw back. You're going to see a lot of them cut divisions uh, or cut down to that minimum salary. This is exactly what we said was going to happen at the start of this year, guys. We said this was going to happen, and it is, in fact, happening right now. But I don't know why you guys thought that TSM was just going to continue to spend money on this team. Was it because known liar Reginald said, oh, yes, I'm never going to allow... Uh, I'm never. I'd sell everything before I allowed us to become CLG. Yeah. Turns out that was a lie. Who could have? Who could have guessed? Who could have guessed that that was just fan placating? Although I did enjoy the delicious irony of a deluded TSM fan, Sam Bankman-Fried, who himself was egregiously unethical, bringing down TSM League of Legends. Like that actually hits just right for me, guys. Like it is perfect that that shitty team would be sabotaged by their own shitty fans. Like couldn't have ended better. Couldn't have ended better. Yep. Dom? I mean, I don't really have too much to add there. I just feel like TSM is, uh, yeah, it couldn't have happened to, to a better organization. You know, <laughs> could not have happened to a better organization. You love to see it. And it's one of those things where they brag about profitability all the time, right? And something doesn't need to be profitable for you to do it in interest of your own brand, right? Like I've done things that are not profitable. I appear on shows for free sometimes that are, then that's not profitable to me, but that's like, I want to do it. It's like part of my own branding. So you could do it the same way that Riot 
has the LCS, if you're profitable enough and you're just like making money and you think that this is something that is not necessarily going to make you money back directly, but through the marketing exercise of having a team and having fans and having people invested in your organization, you'll make money from them down the road. If you actually perceive that to be of value and you're profitable, why wouldn't you do that? So I think that they've just, I mean, this is the problem with you constantly bragging about how much money you make is like, if so, if you're constantly bragging about how much money you make and then you have to move out of your house and then go on welfare, like you probably weren't being completely truthful about how much profitability you really had. And I guess we'll see what, what, what happens with them. But if you look at just all the decisions they've made recently, it doesn't doesn't look like it's super profitable. And like if the only way you're staying profitable is to just cut enough people off that you like don't even have like anything of, of value anymore. Like what does that even mean? You know, like at that point, you're just holding on to a perceived value of your organization and hoping to sell. That doesn't necessarily mean that you've like made a ton of money. So uh, for me, I think that it's, it's just very weird to see them go by, like just have that, uh, just consistently brag about that and then make these decisions. And I mean, we'll see maybe if they buy some insanely good CSGO team, but they've had CSGO teams before and stuff and they've let them go. And they had a general manager who they were having like, you know, scout most of the players. Apparently that guy was really over overworked. They let him go. Everyone who's ever had value to the organization has, has been let go. Myth, they let go. Daquan, Hamlins, all the people from Fortnite that they had. Like, who is still there that is providing value? Like, where is their profitability coming from at this point? Well, I mean, it's not coming from these divisions. It's coming from their apps and their website network, right? Like, they are profitable, I'm sure, because that Blitz app just sits in the background of your computer playing video ads that nobody sees 24-7 and, and just taxing your RAM. It's a piece of shit software that is designed basically to stealth yeah. serve you ads when it's behind your game or behind your window. I mean, it's everything about this company is fraudulent. They are selling these ads that but no one ever sees. I think that's really shady if you're saying TSM is profitable because that's not actually TSM, right? Isn't no, it's Blitz not. Owned, Blitz is owned by like, what is it called? Like Swift. Swift, yeah, the Swift, yeah. what is it? Corporation, Swift, whatever. That's that's what actually, so if they're, they're, they're saying TSM is profitable, if that's not what they mean, it's like, oh, I'm profitable because I own this other company. Like, that is not the same thing. And I feel like that is like a very, like, that's a sleight of hand right there that they're trying to pull. Well, it's also that, you know, even the Blitz app is a, a lot less useful than it used to be because Riot changed the game so that lobbies are anonymous now. And also they added their own recommended rune pages to the game itself. So I don't know what it does in Valorant, but at least in League of Legends, like the main thing you know, that it does in League is camp timers. It shows you camp timers. Yeah, but there's other apps true. that do that that work better. So like the one that I've used is UGG. I'm not even sponsored, by the way. No sponsor. But I've used UGG and that one works better for me than Blitz because my PC doesn't lag when I use UGG. Well, that's because it's probably not playing 10,000 video ads in the background of your computer. I don't know what it's doing. It just works for me, bro. I, I literally don't know. But I'm just saying, like, I, I think that TSM and Swift as a company is not in the best shape right now, obviously on the esports front. But even in the other fronts that they have, I think probably... Uh, you know, they were thriving on the fact that Riot gave them API access, which I'm still shocked they didn't Riot didn't cut off API access to Blitz during the whole Reginald bullshit, because that was something they could do to actually really punish them is just be like, nah, we're done with this contract. Goodbye. Right. Um, they they pulled the Valorant slot that they're planning on giving to them, but there could have been much more punishing uh reactions to to the, the to that issue. Um, but I think that even those apps they were thriving because Riot themselves was bad at developing those features and Riot is getting better at implementing those features into the game. So eventually there may be no use case really for, for Blitz.
Yeah, remember Curse Voice, baby? That was one of the first ones that they tried to work on and try to implement into the game. I, I'm still kind of stunned about the whole salary thing. Um, you I know. can't believe that that is legal. Like, where is the LCS Players Association? Well, How is it possible that they have contracts where you can just instantly say, nah, all your money's going away do, minimum? Do you think it's legal, Monty? Because when I thought about it, I thought it might be just one of those esports things where it's actually not legal, but somebody just has to, like, obviously go to court. Because I mean, there's a ton of possible. contracts that are not legal, like in the esports space, right? I mean, something that they say, like, I know for LEC, there's issues with like German contract law and like what you can, what you can actually like do. So, I mean, I wonder if there's similar legal issues in California that players just aren't like privy to. They don't know what they can actually, you know, sue for or if like if these contracts would hold up under court if TSM was actually taken there. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, there may also be clauses in the contract that say it can be changed at any time, but I would think that Riot wouldn't allow those. You know, they That's have Riot has to approve all the contracts. So, yeah, I don't think Riot would allow that contract to take place. It, it well, just doesn't sound right. It doesn't, it, like, it I agree. doesn't sound right. I agree. But you are also correct that they may just do it and then try and deal with the ramifications later on. Well, either way, uh, it kind of shows the states of one of the founding, one of the most popular, one of the most successful organizations in the LCS where they're at right now, which is not so good. Uh, and we'll keep tracking this as things move forward. Also, uh, Solo has also stepped away from the organization as well. They he's no longer signed to the to the org. So uh, more parts moving away after Glenn and their manager and their, uh, who is it? Walter. They've, they've had so many pieces moving and leaving over the last month. Just another name to add to that one. All right. Well, we talked about off the rift enough. Let's get back on the rift for our galaxy brain club discussion. Cloud nine. They're on top. Will they stay on top? And will anyone get close as we move closer towards MSI? Let's talk about it. Well, we know one team's definitely going in Cloud9 to MSI over in London. Will they be number one? Will they be number two? And who else will be joining them between FlyQuest and Golden Guardians? To do that, let's take a look at this series that just happened. Both 3-0s, one dominant 3-0. Well, I guess they were both dominant 3-0s, but maybe one more expected than the other, or at least more tolerable. I don't know if anyone expected a 3-0 of Cloud9 against FlyQuest, especially after FlyQuest dumpstered 100 Thieves. but. Monty, this just shows how bad Hundred Thieves were at the time. Of course, of course, <laughs> that is the correct takeaway. I agree. Um, but Evil Geniuses, then they were the heavy favorite. I don't know anyone that picked Golden Guardians uh, going into that series. Not only did they lose, but uh, as we discussed in Fraud Alert, they got dumpstered. It was it was a uh, pathetic attempt and a uh, props to Golden Guardians for their. Draft diversity, that was something that a lot of people yeah, uh, called out. That was really good. What were some of the big takeaways from the LCS weekend for you, Monty? Well, I mean, obviously, like Golden Guardians, I, again, I can't read too much into this. I talked about it earlier in terms of what they were doing with like top lane counter picks and flexing the Casante. Love to see this this level of maneuverability um, and agile drafting made it very fun to watch. I liked how they started taking with the Tristana after game one and putting in the bot lane. But again, it really was EG 
playing some shockingly bad League of Legends that got us to this state and also having some weird drafts. So even in game one, when they had certain advantages, especially based off of some good Ash arrows in the early game, they weren't able to convert because at the end of the day, they were a single damage type composition and good itemization and better map presence from Golden Guardians, uh, you know, made it so it was quite easy to win. Uh, I think at least in the Cloud9 FlyQuest game, I we, we predicted Cloud9 to win that series because they looked more cohesive. But goddamn, dude, like what a disappointment of a series from from FlyQuest, particularly, I would say, Ayla and to a lesser degree, Vikla. But Vikla's last game was just a, a totally shameful display on the Tristana. <laughs> and then the, the first game was like, what the fuck is he even doing with this? Like, why are we even playing Victor? And also, why are we playing Crown Victor within this composition? You just do nothing for the entirety of the game and you're just waiting for Prince to scale and Ayla was just terrible like he was just awful throughout this series and you can't be this bad on a pick that has risen in such priority throughout the world which is the Rakan like this is a very very powerful pick at the moment and he was a thousand percent abysmal on it Tom yeah uh, I mean I agree I think the the crown was horrible in that game especially if you look at what uh, what C9 is playing there when they have things like Maokai that are going to root you from like across the screen. You can get hit by like a fucking Heimer a rocket. Sapling. Is like a sapling. There's so many things just that are going to kill you. Just get triggered by a sapling. Like, yeah, I mean, you fuck? can eat like, I mean, what was Fudge playing in that game? He was playing something tanky. Was he playing Cassante? He was playing he's something. Playing Cassante. That was, yeah. yeah, so he's playing something tanky. So I just remember thinking in that game like, oh, yeah, hey, man, you're playing against Maokai Cassante, Leandre's time, right? Like you definitely want a Leandre so you can deal with <laughs> With the front line, so you do some damage, but it was just a terrible build from Vikla. But I mean, I guess Vikla was just exposed. I mean, I guess he really just is a fraud. I I didn't believe it. I was one of the people that was on the other side of things. I, I mentioned it on face check, but Forrest was tweeting, Perma, this guy is this guy is such a fraud. This guy is such a fraud. I watched him all year in LCK, he's such a fraud. And I was like, he wasn't that bad. Like top six in LCK, that should be like the best mid laner, but he's just not good. Like when you this is this is one of the things I think is gonna be really scary in the next matchup is how does he do versus Gory? Because Gory's been looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Gory's been looking pretty good, and Vikla has been looking bad since like the ninth game of the split. And everyone kind of gave him a pass because he looked so much better than people when he came in and he was playing the Silas and he had this really high level of play. People were expecting him to just kind of keep that. And when he started slumping, it's like, you know what? Like maybe he's just having a couple off games. He'll be good when it matters. Well, he's not good when it matters now. So what do we well, do going forward? I, I think the the progress from Vikla was like be good in the early stage of the game, then uh, end a little bit in the early game, but make up for it in side laning and team fighting later. And now it's just int in the early game, never do anything. That, that <laughs> that's what it feels like where we've gotten to at this point in time. Well, even just the way he plays the lane, like he looked scared of Eminus. Like, didn't Eminus look like he was completely in his head the entire time? Like Eminus yep. is just like playing. He made he made Vikla look like he was just an NA mid laner. Like he was just an NA mid laner. It's like, all right, you're you're locked in here in this mid lane with an import. Like you're just gonna get dicked down. Like it is what it is. That's what that's what it looked like. Like Vikla looks, I don't know. He looks like kind of he doesn't look aggressive anymore. He looks scared to trade. He's just trying to like not get shit on. I mean, just the the crown purchase is like a microcosm of his mentality in the in the game. So yeah, I I, I I'm kind of scared to see how. Uh, they actually end up doing versus Golden Guardians because I think that they're not much better than Golden Guardians right now and they're considered to be massive favorites and normally that ends up hurting you when people are expecting you to be good and you know your team's actually shit. Yeah, I'm also just surprised by Vikla because 
he was quite good on KT last year, and it was kind of him and closer in the mix for you know being I don't know top four or five uh, mid laners within LCK. Like his Ari was extremely good last year, but he was playing a lot of champions like Rise and Silas as well, like kind of lower range, you know, really get in your face and kind of slug it out champions, um, you know, sustained team fighters. And maybe this just, we could argue, but potentially it's just not his meta, but he has looked really quite poor. Um, yeah. in recent weeks. So maybe the skill vampires have finally drained him of whatever uh, juice he had remaining. It's I, I, I think it's very difficult to see. Uh, this team absolutely could lose to Golden Guardians, which I think is very scary. Uh, if that ha- if Golden Guardians makes a fucking final with this roster, it is going to be mind-boggling, considering that EG and FlyQuest, you know, and Team Liquid were all much bigger favorites than this team coming into the start of the split. For sure. Uh, you know, when you're describing that type of, when you're describing KT Vikla, get in your face, make the plays. I mean, that sounds yeah. like MS, right? That's exactly what MS has done, regardless of how much gold he's ahead, how yeah. much gold he's behind, or behind. He's going to get in your face and make those plays and make you make mistakes. Whereas Vikla has, hasn't, as you said, hasn't done that in the second half of the split at all. And uh, I guess, you know, you can do it against Bjergsen, who's the antithesis of that. He'll sit back and wait for you to make a mistake and then capitalize on it. But, you know, Vikla can do that better than Bjergsen did. But as MS got in his face, there was no there was no response by Vikla. So this is the thing. The skill vampires get to you in about nine games. So what Cloud9 did is they made it's, sure it's they one, one round. <laughs> yeah, they, they started MS nine games later so that when the skill vampires catch up to him, it'll be like MSI or some shit. Jesus. Oh, man. And that's so good. And the skill vampires stay away when you int. So they're like, hey, MS, we're going to lose this game anyways. Just keep TPing into CLG and just die a bunch of times. This one doesn't count towards your skill vampire cap. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. That's that's a very, very uh, funny way to put it. Because, look, Trindamir, Yone, Cassante, Jace. Those are champs that MNS has played. He's played two champs twice. That's the most that he's played a champion multiple times. It's LeBlanc and Jace. So, like, those are in your face, man. He's willing to play them. Uh, it's pretty cool to watch. Uh, a couple Silas games down when he was in Challenger as well. Or uh, Academy. Challenger. It's Challenger. Challenger's League. Okay. Um, let's just a little bit about Golden Guardians here, Monty, uh, and give them their their due because this is history making for the organization. Their first live finals where they're not just holding out signs inside saying, "Hey, welcome to the Chase Center." Uh, they are getting to go back to the big stage, and it feels like they they deserve it. You know, Gory is. I mean, it's credit. Like, right I mean, we, we thought the team would fall down because licorice was performing so badly, even though the team was doing well. Like we talked about how river and Gory have been great. Like they are top three at their roles. Like Gory's probably the best mid laner within the LCS right now, but could they like carry licorice's corpse over the finish line? But uh, I guess Jesus came and resurrected Lazarus, and so here we are. Now we have undead licorice <laughs> in the top lane, <laughs> and he's he, he was playing well, and he he has a diverse champion pool. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Stixa had very bright moments uh, so far this split, and it feels like now that who he is capable of of hopping back on some of these engaged supports that they're able to finish off some kills in the bot lane and have some more effective roaming. I mean, who he his rel was pretty good. Like he turned around a fight at the dragon in game two of this series with some really nice engages and a choke point. And 
like got some resets for Stixe, and they've been they've been cohesive as a team. They've been cohesive as a team, and they they've played a uh, they played a better macro game than EG. Now that wasn't hard because I think EG's macro was horrendous in this series. I don't think they're going to beat FlyQuest. I think maybe that's just a little bit too much, but we'll wait and see. What do you think, Don? Here about oh, uh, man. would there be well? anything more sad than seeing Prince go come from being like potentially one of the best imports ever to getting just gapped by Stixi in, in the fucking playoffs. Yeah. Like, oh man, it'd be so NA. It'd be so perfect. It makes me feel like it's going to happen because that's the most NA thing that could possibly happen is just seeing Prince not go to MSI and instead we send fucking Stixi. And Stixi has been playing well. It's just, yeah. it's just Stixi, you know? Like, I, I, I can't forget the last like four years of gameplay. I want to, <laughs> but I can't. I, I think it that's what makes it better. I mean, if it was someone like Luger or like FBI, like you're like, okay, well, you know, but Stixa has the plot armor. I said this last week. The plot armor for Golden Guardians is thick, and it turns out it's very thick because they're finding themselves one series away from, you know, justifying all the decisions that the Golden Guardians organization has ever made. I can already feel it. That's what they're gonna do. They're gonna be like, Yeah, this is exactly what we thought back in 2018 when we made the team and i i just feel like there's a strong chance this happens i'm worried that flyquest just doesn't get their shit together i'm worried that bikla turns out maybe he's a tilter and that's why he played so well, shamefully that was the word that was such a great word for it monty it was a shameful he performance you sh should be a shameful you should be ashamed yeah shameful display for those of you who don't know is a is a very hilarious uh, total war quote from shogun 2 where this guy just when your troops start running he yells shameful display it's great <laughs> <laughs> add it to the soundboard <laughs> all right well uh cloud nine wins straightforward whoever makes it on through golden guardians or FlyQuest. yeah there's just no there's no world there's no world right look i just hope uh, core jj transfers to FlyQuest, and then we solve this problem core that JJ would be is sick I do. I do not like how Court JJ has been playing recently. Do you like, like it more I, or less than Ayla? Less because I have no expectations for Ayla. Whereas, like, if Court JJ, like, <laughs> JJ, I'm expecting to like do well. Like, I expect him to be. One I, of the I best think. Sports. I think Core JJ can be rehabilitated on this FlyQuest roster. That's my. I mean, if, I mean, if Licorice can be rehabilitated, anyone can. So. <laughs> there you go. Give him. Yeah, give him Prince, man. Uh, I guess he had Hans, but Hans got vampire vampired. But then before that, he had to teach tactical. Before the, and now he's teaching. Uh, uh, what is he? Is Harry. he teaching him like how to miss skill shots? Or yeah. Like what? Like what is he teaching him how to do? It's like I'll show you how to lose lane. Nice. All right. Excellent. Like <laughs> now you know not what what not to do. Like you got it. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it would be cool to see Prince and Core together. Also, they have Winsome. Uh, get Winsome out there. What if that's the trade? Winsome to TL for core and bench Ayla. Ayla just... <laughs> Sorry, Ayla. Hmm. Fire Ayla. Ayla with a cannon into the sun. Sorry, Ayla. Damn. It's kind Annie's of crazy how overrated everyone on that uh, TL roster was, the TL Academy roster. Yon like, isn't, Yon, I, I still think Yon is fine. I think Yeah, Yon I mean, people fine. made it sound like they were going to be like good players, though, like good LCS level players, but they were like all like mediocre to just downright bad. Like Ayla, Yon, and Harry all just looked like, I mean, Yon probably looked the best out of all of them. He does, he does. But like, that's not saying much, right? Like how, how good is Yon compared to other people in, the, in his role? Where does what, he rank? Sec 
seven seven maybe seven yeah okay let, 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 let's do this real quick <laughs> oh no <laughs> okay you can go right. for the whole split right you go for the whole split yeah i'm gonna tell you the 80 carries that i think were better than him over the course of the split sure all right okay so fbi yeah when turtle came in i thought turtle was better yep berserker yeah. prince luger Ixay, berserker prince Ixay. luger yep double lift maybe tomo <laughs> no tomo, tomo was tomo was pretty good when he came in yeah, so like, I, I think <laughs> i mean spot was horrific right yeah spot tomo was, was spot tomo was better no i don't i don't accept tomo was better than <laughs> Then Yeon, really? Then Yeon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeon, oh, Yeon, Yeon carried. So Yeon carried some games. Tomo did his job well in a, in a sinking games. ship. In a sinking ship, Tomo did his job well. I'll give I mean, okay, so maybe he's like eighth. Yeah, tactical's the worst. Bad. We can all agree on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Not, I mean, I'm not even joking. I mean, it's just like factually, he is just the worst eighty carry in LCS. Somebody has well, to once, be. One spawn got benched. Yes. Yeah. One spawn. Yeah. That's like. At the end of the season ends, we start seeing who's the worst that he carry. Okay, Tide goes the worst. So may so like maybe he's a close eighth. Yon's a close eighth. Like I, I felt like we were promised more than that. You know, I don't know. And, and I mean, Harry might have been just the worst mid laner in all of LCS. Like Harry was pretty bad. Yeah, Balulu was better. Balulu Jensen was better. Was better. Maple was better. Maple was Corey better. Was better. Vikla. So I mean that's that's what I'm saying is like they're all like bottom three in their roles. That's not. I mean I guess it's fine for an academy player to join LCS and be like eighth. Right? At least you're not the worst. You're better yeah. than someone. But it's not like I'm not. I don't think that Yun is some amazing talent. Like I don't know if Yun will ever be the best AD carry in North America. Yeah, not everyone's gonna be Luger Poom. Sometimes you end up being Kenby. Yeah, they're Kenby's all from sad. the same class. Kenby's sad. He's he was so good in solo queue. I really thought he was the future. They just gotta unlock him, man. They keep making him play. I think he could shit. be on a different team, Dom. Maybe. Who needs All a right. jungler? All right. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get Cloud it. Cloud9 okay. wins LCS. Yes. Yes. And does anybody take a game off them in the final? I think they they win 3 1. I think they win 3 0. I think they All win right. 3 0. I think it's a short day. I think we get to barbecue <laughs> stores while it's still open. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, again, that. Finals will be in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'll be there. Make sure to come say hi. And we can watch uh, Caster Couch and uh, Hotline League together if you want. Since What's they're Caster Couch. Uh, I mean, you know what that is, Tom. You know what that is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, <laughs> like casting couch, like porn? or like No, what? no, no, no. What no. is Caster Couch? I don't know what that is. Yeah. It's uh, Flowers, uh, Ovali, and Raz, and usually a guest. Oh, it's a podcast or what? Yep. Like, I actually, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. It's joking. A I literally it's a have no idea what it is. It's, Where it's is Ovali's podcast. They're gonna, they're gonna do it. It's on, it's on YouTube. They're doing it live. What's I it don't called? know. Caster couch. Casting. You should be careful. Cat. The caster's couch. <laughs> the caster's couch. I think it is. Yeah, caster's couch. Which is a joke that I've been using since MSI 2015 about my own watch parties. But sure, they can have it. I guess. I did that, to be to be fair to Ovali because I think it's Ovali's idea. I I didn't know that, but I don't know what I don't know is like it got lumped together as in like yes, this is a double cell podcast. All right, they they are aware that of like like the joke is supposed I to be like casting so. couch porn. 
I don't no? think yes. so. I, yes. I don't, they I don't are, they are aware. aware of that joke. Yes, for oh, sure. Oh, okay. okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, there you Respect. go. See you in Raleigh. We need more uh, podcasts in the game. I love when there's more people that do podcasts. I love it personally. I'm starting I, to get fed podcasts that have like like 50 to 60 views. But I think uh, that's sick, right? Yeah. Because that one thing that I that I hated seeing was people saying like, oh, the only reason they watch like our podcast is because there's no other podcasts. Mm-hmm. But if there's a ton of other podcasts, then you can no longer say that you, that you only watch our podcast because there's no other podcasts. Like you have other podcasts now. You can watch whatever podcast you want. Like... I don't want the the hate watchers. Like, just watch the podcast that you like the best. Yeah. That's uh, it. Yeah. Well, those podcasts will be there, and then you can come see me and say all the nice things to Monty and Dom. Are you Are you planning on coming? Is anyone planning on coming? Are you coming, Monty? I know Dom's probably never leaving the the house. Dion, you are the first person that has came into my house since I've had it for three years. This is true. <laughs> Dom, Dom's not leaving. What when, when I said you guys, I meant Monty, you coming to Raleigh. I am not. <laughs> okay. Maybe maybe next time. Okay. All right. Jersey, maybe. I mean, we'll go into good old New Jersey. Okay. Uh that's enough of LCS. We've got two more segments left, and they're going to Korea. LCK. Uh got a quick segment of Keeper Kick. Between a couple squads still left in the LCK finals to take down Big Bad Boss, Unkillable Demon King, Faker, and T1. Will it be keeping or kicking KT or Gen G the best shot of making it past Unkillable King? Monty, let's go with you first. Keep or kick KT or Gen G. That's a little bit of heartstring. We know what he's going to say. It pains me. It pains me. This one really hurts, guys. Um, I am gonna have to kick Genji. <laughs> Not a real one. Not a real one. <laughs> of course. Go ahead. Continue. Um, so, all right. Uh, we'll talk about the T1 versus Genji series in a bit. I think it yeah. was closer than a lot of fans like to pretend it that it was. It uh, I think Genji really did have some bright spots. I actually really liked how they were cross mapping in that series. How they were, I mean, we've seen Genji do this a lot, which is give up early Drakes to to cross map and you know play with minion waves, push with Herald, get gold, and then try and fight on like a, a third or or fourth Drake. Like they like to take those gambles. It didn't pay off. I think they could have absolutely won game two of this series. They had some really distinct advantages that were kind of thrown away and. But at the end of the day, like it's really difficult to see Genji doing so poorly, especially with Doran like not having a particularly good series, Peanut having a questionable series as well, and then kind of their bot playing through bot lane was more or less what Genji did, and then split pushing with Chovy. And if they can't play through bot lane, and we see the advantages that Gumiushi and Karia got, they just felt like they didn't have a lot of win conditions within these games. Meanwhile. On KT side, what I like about KT is that they have very different game plans for different opponents. Like we saw the Twisted Fate come out in the T1 series. In this series in particular, um, they they had a plan to just let Viper have Zeri, which I don't think a lot of teams could do or arguably should do a lot they of the time. They would have 3 them if they didn't do that, though. <laughs> just yes, all, that's uh, true. Things. This is true. <laughs> it, it, we can argue that it 
was a mistake. Um, but I'm saying that like they do play different opponents differently, and they do have a lot of variety to their champion pools. So I liked seeing the Draven in the bot side um, from KT. I think that especially game two was particularly impressive from KT. They are probably the most dangerous red side team within the draft, and most teams prioritize blue side. So having a strong red side is very is going to be very important in these playoffs and the reason why they're very dangerous red side is because keen has all of these counter picks and like keen has been really good in the playoffs so far i love seeing his rise return to the top lane into the gragas matchup uh i love how they were punishing like the blind yone pick this was all great and we know bdd can go back to the 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 twisted fate if he wants to didn't come out in this series but he's got the Vagar, the TF, um, Talia, you know, Annie, the Talia, yep. Uh, and you know, if he needs to, as we see in the regular season, why the fuck not? He can play Yone. He was very good at Yone in the regular season. So it just feels like the depth in the solo lanes from KT is absolutely enormous right now, and they're very dangerous with the Zeri, which is going to be, as we know, it's going to be probably problematic for T1 because T1 is now just perma banning Zeri, which is smart because they're not good at playing it. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of flexibility here from KT. So I think KT is a better team in this meta. I think they have more diverse strategies. And Gen G, I think, was more, even though they it was a competitive series, I think, from them, they are a little bit more one note and kind of less fun to watch right now. Yeah, I have the opposite take. I'd rather keep Gen G. Oh, think- my. Why? Because you hate them? No, I mean, I, I actually think that Gen G, the way that they play the map is actually decent versus T1. Like the thing about yeah, T1 is T1 T1 makes a lot of like coordinated plays where they play to kill you. But if you notice these games, even when when T1 pulls off these plays, Gen G is not far behind in gold. Even they might even oh, yeah. be leading in yeah. gold. In I mean, a lot of these Gen-G situations. Way. They, they they extract yeah. gold from the map. They play the side lanes very well. I think that that is like a very good strength. Like they're they're a very unique team. And that and that are you respect- me now? No, no, no. I just, <laughs> I just think that, that yeah. that's a better angle. Like, did we swap personality? It's because we rationalized Peanuts' play with the Krang example, and now Dom understands it, and so he's like, "Okay, I, no. I feel like I can't." Hate, I, I just I think I actually just think they're a better team. So, who do you think is going to win? Do you think KT is going to beat Genji? I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm on the other side. I think Genji is going to win, even though KT won both of their meetings. Like I don't, I wasn't really convinced by those wins. And I think that Genji, like it's not that hard for them to play a little bit better. Like Doran had a horrible, horrible series. Like he played, he played terrible. Like, Oh, I mean, there's mistakes in almost every game. I mean, even the game they won, how many times did he get fucking caught in this game? Like, it was like, dude, can you just not, how are we getting thresh hooked? Like, how are we getting Ari charmed all the time? How are we just caught every single time? You have the most range out of everyone on your team, bro. Just don't get caught. Um, so when I'm watching like these games, I actually feel like they have, I don't know if they have a stylistic advantage, but I think that their style is annoying for T1. I think that T1 would much rather play against KT, even though the KT series was closer. I think the KT was playing extremely well on the day and T1 was having a very off day. Whereas in this series, I think, I think the T1 was actually playing better and Genji was playing worse than what I think they're capable of. Like Doran has been, I'm, I've been a Doran hater, right? But he's been better than this this was fucking really <laughs> bad like this was really 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 bad um and yeah i mean they can get goldies i think chovy's been extremely good like even his leblanc i think he's been extremely good i hated the ghost blade that he built on jace i flamed the shit out of that because i i mean we got to be building 
uh, our percentage armor pen or an item. Just we we just have to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I Pace has been good. He's essentially just been Korean leave, Korean leave. Yep. Like he's been extremely good, and I just I think that that Gen G will play better into T1 in a final than um than KT will, especially considering that like Gen G just beat them in the last final. Like I don't think that Gen G is a very comfortable matchup because T1 wants you to come fight. And most of the time they're going to win versus KT. They actually weren't winning a lot of the fights. And I think the KT also caught them off guard. But what happens if we just see TF bans, for example, what happens if we just see TF bans? I think that instantly makes the game so much harder for them. Um, yeah, I, I think T1 was not very well prepared for the KT series. I mean, I don't think they should have picked KT in the first place. They literally passed over Hanwha to pick KT and then looked. But that's confused. because they lost. They had like a bad. I mean, if you look at yeah. the matchup head to head, that's yeah, why. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it still was a mistake based on current form, right? Like, it's a very different KT than they beat in the second round Robin. Like, KT has dimensionalized significantly since that point in time. Like, KT hmm. is, a, is 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 much more dangerous. But I I think it, the so when we talk about KT versus Genji, the last matchup was in Week Seven, and that was the game hmm. where it was split one one, and it was a really close series. But the thing is, is that's when the Twisted Fate came out for the first time and that blindsided Gen G uh, when they blind picked the Akali and then the Twisted Fate was picked yeah. into it. So this and they is were before. still winning that game. Gen G was still winning that game pretty hard until the point where like Akali was just useless. Like, didn't they have like 3K, I, 4K gold lead? No, I don't believe that they did. I'd have to check that. But uh, it, no, KT, it was a very slow game. Um, they, like KT was not getting advantages with the Twisted Fate early, but it was a pretty even game from my memory of it. Um it, but it, it was a big draft diff uh, at the end of the day. Like there was so much lockdown for the Akali that Chovy basically just couldn't play the game. Um, but that was kind of the first revelation of KT's like pick composition style that they were playing. So I, I think I, I think KT's more versatile. I, I mean, I do get okay. they didn't have three K. Let me I'll just I'll just throw this in there. They had a two K gold lead and it was four oh in kills and they had a Drake and they had a turret. So like they were they were yeah. winning that game up until they had that like egregious like where where you saw just Chovy just flash in, in into the fight mid lane and then he just gets like TF ulted, they just CC him and yeah, he dies. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean I think that Gen G was like fine in that game and like what happens if they just don't play a Kali, you know? Yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm saying like that was before people knew that BDD was going to repeatedly play Twisted Fate. Yeah. Um, now people know that. So maybe, I mean, who knows? BDD might also have certain other counter picks prepared. But I also think that T1 did a very good job of downloading Gen G. Like the Cassante ban is very smart. The Zeri ban is very smart. And it, they forced Gen Banning G to do something Doring's different. Banning Doring's brain was really smart. Like, <laughs> like that was really a, smart. A, a, very, a very dangerous flex flex pick mm -hmm. especially on on red side for gen g because you just don't know where it's going from showing the crying picture there's only <laughs> space for one there's only space for one <laughs> Kobe's head on top by the way somebody did a photoshop of it for us um nice. but yeah i think i think like this is the the roadmap has been revealed the question will be the, I like when we see Chovy's blind pick LeBlanc because he can play it in so many different matchups, and I think he's extremely good at the pick. Plays um, in so many different ways too. Like he yeah, can no, play that's the what burst. I say. He's like first strike, electrocutes, um, Everfrost. Aerie, Q Max, W Max, like Everfrost, Everfrost like, Frost, fucking everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Leandri's sure. like I fucking love uh, Chovy's Chovy's LeBlanc. He's really um, fucking good. He's so good. Come on, come on. We can't be <laughs> we can't be just like I was a Chovy hater, but he's been so good for so long. Let's Dude, not... I hate the narrative about Chovy. It's like, yeah, you can AFK in a side lane too, guys. 
the way the team plays is to funnel farm onto Chovy, and Chovy gets a fucking ton done on cross map plays. Oh, and yeah. it's not Chovy's fault if his team does something stupid when they know he's split pushing, guys. That's not Chovy's fault. Fuck you, fans. <laughs> like, <laughs> also, like, let's just be realistic. Like, if you have owner as your jungler, you probably want to take a lot of two v twos, right? If you have if you have Canyon, you have owner as your jungler. You probably want to fight a lot early. <laughs> I had Peanut as my jungler. And I'm playing mid lane. I probably want to just play to like get the farm and carry the fight myself and make sure that I'm always ahead. I don't want to just, you know, like rely on a mechanic war in a 2v2 if you have an other way that you can play. I think Genji, like, even though I don't, I don't inherently like Genji's play style, I think that they're very good at it. And I think that that's just like what is needed from the LCK, even internationally. Like, if you want to see LCK success, I like, I think that, that Genji will just shit on a lot of teams that won't be able to deal with this. Like, for example, my favorite oh, team is yeah. OMG. Right, my favorite team is OMG. OMG would never be able; they'd be so fucking frustrated. They would be blue balled so hard playing against Genji. They'd be like, "All right, we're at the Dragon. We've committed everything here. We have no teleports because of both of our fucking soul laners took night. We are here right now. Where are you?" And then you just see like be like hitting the tier two top. Like, what is he doing over there? You know, it's I don't know. I I just think that 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 they are a. I think they have a good stylistic match because T one is that team that wants to fight you. They want to like bring yeah. a lot of like CC abilities. They want to just get to a fight that's supposed to be even and just outplay you. I mean, it also, we, we got to see it multiple times in that Gen G series. If you get Faker in a weird spot, the other team will start, or uh, the rest of the players on T1 will forget what to do and dive for uh, uh, Faker San and just fucking just flash over the wall and die with them, even in bad engages. I mean, I, I love, I'm, I'm very excited for Gen G versus KT because I, I can't lose like, Either one of these teams that I enjoy is going to make it to the finals. I do selfishly want a telecom war final just because that would be sweet. And we haven't had one since 2017, I think. Uh, and Casey has never won one. There have been three that have happened. Uh, but I, look, I, I would be very excited to, to see KT advance. But I also love Gen G. So oh, I can't lose. It's going to be a fun series. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, you got excited. So we'll be ready. Oh, it's winning. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I, was, I was literally about to say that. I was like, Monty did pretty good staying pretty neutral, sticking to the facts, and then he's like, selfishly, I'm, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually really excited to see KT play. I think I mean, that, actually that's my meme. My expectation. Oh, I, I, that's my meme. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> other, other people have tried to co-opt it, but that is a, that's a Monty original meme right there. Vintage Monty meme. Um, nah, I, look, I, either way, I'm, I'm happy. So. All right. Well, there you have it. Our keeper kick opposite sides of the spectrum here for our two experts. But we'll see uh, and hopefully get as good of a match as we had in our certified banger this week, which was T1 and Gen G in that upper bracket finals. Winner was heading... They, they booked their ticket to MSI, but also was heading to the grand finals for LCK. Uh, let's get into it. Our certified banger of the week. All right, Monty, you had a front row seat for this one. T1, Gen G, four game series. You keep saying that it was closer than what people thought, but to me, it felt like the one game that Gen G won was just one big team fight out of some weird misplacement, and, and then they won that game. So it felt like that, that. I think that's the reason why a lot of normies think that that series wasn't that close because that game got what felt like stolen away. What about well, that? I mean, I would argue game two was kind of stolen yeah. away <laughs> by T1. <laughs> Same. Yeah. 
All right. Well, then there you go. Uh, this is our certified banger. Let's get into it, Monty. So I think what's what's key to remember is like these are both good teams and T1 is the flashier of these two teams and fans will be like, well, why isn't Gen G, you know, fighting for these early Drakes? It's like because that's how they play the game. Like they prioritize Harold and split pushing topside and coming into the third Drake fight with like a two or three click gold lead, which they had. I think the thing about T1 that is very impressive to me is that they are so good at reading like first off, extracting summoner spells and ultimates prior to very important engagements. And then second off, playing around what they know is up and what they know is down. And I think if you don't get that crazy Faker engage in Lissandra, it's not that it's a mechanically impressive play for Faker to claw in and flash W on Lissandra. The, the impressive part about that play is that he's making that knowing that Pace had used his ultimate previously. He's going to have to stopwatch. He's going to get insane value of zoning them out and that he's going to deny the effectiveness of the Malk or the the uh the Malphite ult because there isn't going to be follow-up even if it hits Gumiyushi. So it's like they read team comp win conditions and they read game state so well and that's what they play around in team fights. And you know had Pace's ultimate been up, maybe Genji wins that fight, right? And Faker doesn't get the the super good engage off. Uh, if Doran plays it differently, right? Like he doesn't ult in immediately and kind of waste it. If he peels more effectively or they start to kite back, perhaps that there's a difference there as well. But T1's extremely good at team fighting. I think Gumayushi and Karia were both fabulous in this series. Um, and they changed their drafting strategy pretty significantly as well. Like it wasn't, let's just blind pick Nar every time for Zayas, right? Like this time around, they were anticipating the Malphite pick, which is why they banned it in the first game of the series. And Doran was forced on this really, yeah, it was really tragic was, Jarvan top. It was really smart because what they did is they gaslit Genji <laughs> into thinking that Malphite was actually a good pick for them. They're like, yeah, it was banned in the first game. <laughs> That's yep. how powerful we are. Like now it's up. We'll take it. Then he just runs it down two games. So. Yeah, but they, they changed they changed the draft priority pretty significantly to try and get Zayas into a better spot than he was in the series they played against KT. Uh, and they were still super successful at playing through the bot lane and, and neutralizing Pace and Delight. They took away the Cassante, which was... Uh, Cassante was a huge part of Genji's win over Hanwha Life. They took away the Zeri. And I don't, I'm not sure they had to take away the Vi because to me that was kind of whatever, um, considering that Peanut is just going to play Maokai and Wukong and it's... They, I don't think that Genji really cares about the the Vi in particular. He did play. He he did play really well on Vi in the Hanwha Life series, though. Like I thought he was. Sure. I thought that was probably some of the best Vi play I've seen. Like it just felt like he was permanently just all over the map. You know, like he was just getting kills mid, going top. Like he just felt like he was running the series. So I think it was fine, um, personally. But yeah, you can continue. I, I, look, I even liked in the fourth game of the series, I liked Genji's draft. They had a ton of backline access with the Olaf and the Mal, uh, the Malphite and the Rakan. Uh, I thought it was potentially going to be very strong into the draft that T1 had with Jason Varus. And they tried to take away the, the counter-engage picks with banning the um, the Renata Glask and the Lissandra. Unfortunately, Carrie is a very famous Tom Kench player. So it turned out that Zayas playing the Silas top and the Tom Kench were kind of aces in the hole for T1. But Genji, had they not inted some of the skirmishes that happened early, I early think on. could yep. have played a very competitive late game team fight with this draft. So I liked what Genji was doing. It's just that the execution was really, I think, lacking from them. And you see that they are simply just not as aware of ability cooldowns and team fighting positioning as T1 is. 
Yeah. From yeah, my I perspective mean... in, in this series, there's there's a couple things. So I think that certain players had had bad series. I don't think that the, um, Genji was ready for like the fact that T1 would play a draft like this. It feels like it feels like when you watch T1, they have like two modes. Either Carry is on a like a playmaker, or he's on like one of these really abusive lane abusive like champions, like an AD carry uh, support that's going to really just try to like push into bot lane and just like mm -hmm. win, right? Or he plays yep. something like Rakan, who's you know that falls into a category. It's not as much of a laning playmaker, but it is a playmaker um, throughout the game. So I don't think that Genju was ready for like a Braum pick in the game number one. I think that that was something where they just ran into a, a really hard draft to play because it ends up that they have Leona Wukong into Sejuani Varus or Sejuani Varus Braum Lissandra. It's like it's one of the hardest comps to dive into that you could possibly imagine. So I think T1 outdrafted there, which one of the things that people always complain about with T1 is that they get outdrafted, but they're just so good as a team that they end up winning anyway. So I think game one is like, I mean, that's just a very clean cut uh, T1 win. I think game two is easily winnable. Like it, it's it's easily yes. winnable. Those multiple points where they they could have won if they played slightly better. They also, Genji had pretty significant gold edges from playing the map better. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Like there's times where you look, and then even game one, like Peanut just started a really horrible dragon. Like he had no ult. They want to fight mid. He he had no ult. He started. He starts the Drake. Like the whole enemy team is there. They just lose a fight. And if you're playing into that type of peel comp of Braum, Varus, Sejuani, and they get a lead and they can just start running at you and they don't really have to worry about your engage. And, you know, obviously you start building more tank items and LeBlanc starts falling off. Then you have this like Jarvan pick that's going Zanya's uh, Iceborne Gauntlet. I feel like it's a pretty hard game to play. But in game two, I think that, that Genji can, can easily win that. And then game four, I mean, it was another game where like, you just felt like Doran just shouldn't be playing Malphite. I don't know. It just seems like he just doesn't play that champion well. I mean, Cassante, there's less pressure on it. Malphite, you're really under pressure to have a good ult. But he was just trying to get way too smart with the Malphite ults. It was just not a good look for them. So I think if Genji plays the same game plan, they're just playing slightly better on the day and they adapt their draft a little bit, I could definitely see them winning. Like, I think that they had legitimate games versus T1. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily... Like, I feel like they play a wide enough range of champions too outside of top lane, like... Mid, number one, I think Chovy matches up well into Faker. Like he's probably one of the best matchups you could ever find yep. into Faker yep. um, right now. So that's a, a point of strength for them. And I thought Pays really held his own within the series. Like I don't think yep. Pays was the problem at all um, in yeah. the Gen G series. So if you just have Doran play a little bit better, you get some slightly more playable drafts, or you just go to different drafts that are more comfortable for you. I think that it's definitely winnable if Gen G rematches or Gen G versus KT. I think the key about Chovy and why I really like the blind LeBlanc picks is that, as we discussed, with a variety of different ways that Chovy runes and itemizes LeBlanc, depending on the matchup, he basically always has pressure, which eliminates T1's ability to make the big dives and plays in the bot side that they really, really like to do. Um, also, I just, it's so crazy it's watching Chovy set up some of these team fights because. Mm -hmm. You know, you can you watch him in some of these games and he's got the Everfrost and he will he will he will find the perfect angle to like Everfrost the back line. And then the shock blast comes in like an empowered shock blast just nukes that person from Doran. So they're waiting for him to get the, the bind and then they follow up with, um, you know, long range poke damage. And it's impressive to watch. Well, so like, I, don't even mind, I don't even mind the Everfrost LeBlanc because the rest of the team just plays so well around it. Uh, oh, no, I, th I thought it was good for that game, especially like. I mean, when he's playing into that type of comp, he probably wants to have a little bit of HP so he doesn't get completely one shot. And 
I mean, that's a quick ass Everfrost combo. I mean, doubling yes. forward and hitting a max range root onto the AD carry oh, and yes. just chunking him out, and, out before and, a fight. And, and that's an like instant the, team fight win. Yeah, and instant then also, win. like, the, the Serpent's Fang itemization against the Aphilios coming in from the Jace, I thought was really quite necessary as well. And that, that provided a lot of value. So I thought the itemization was not, in many cases, you wouldn't like it because it has to be executed well, but it was executed really well. I was going to say, Faker on the Ari had a couple of those types of charms. So what you're explaining with the Everfrost and Chovy going in, Faker had a couple of, I think I remember in, in the mid lane, there was one where he dashed over the I wall mean, and charmed into the lane. It was... It was they first were... Doran, but like Doran is like completely griefing that. Like, like how is Doran? <laughs> yeah, yeah it was, it was particularly impressive. They're like, really? So, 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 he, sick. so he was <laughs> going for the Rakan. I'm like, was he? Because they were, they were like both there and he could just pick which one he charmed. Yeah, I mean, he just went over the wall and he just sees, I mean, he just sees Doran in Doran. charm range. I mean, Doran <laughs> got picked so many times, man. Like, how is he getting picked by everything under the sun? Like, you can't just get picked three times in a row as Jace. Like, just watch the watch the games, right? Look at Faker plays Jace. Like, everyone's playing Jace in that series, right? Zeus played it game one. Game two, it was uh, Chovy that played it. Game three, you have Doran play it. And game four, you have Faker yep. play it. <laughs> Who's getting picked in that game besides for Doran? I can remember more ins from Doran in that one game than the other three combined. Like, it was just crazy, man. And he's not even playing versus things that should be picking you off that often. Like, Ornold can be hard if you have no flash if they force you into it. That's an acceptable one. We can't be getting threshold. We can't be getting Ari charmed when we're playing Jace. We literally have like two screens of range on them. This is yeah. true. Well, uh, the other point that you hit on there, Dom, I, I like that Pay is kind of locked in with the Zaya Rakan and felt very comfortable. The casters were like, hey, he's not pulling his feathers at the right time early on, I think, in the series. But then you realize, okay, Pays was just literally waiting for the right well, the time. The casters also like the Serpent's out. Fang uh, Jace versus one person <laughs> with a shield. So I don't think I, I thought I thought it was good because they were setting up the uh, the the route onto the Aphilios and then instantly eliminating the shield with the poke. It was about execution. I, mean, yeah. I thought it was executed well. I mean, you're like the reliable if the re, the reliability of Serpent's Fang, uh, like to reduce I, shielding, is on a backline target over going a last whisper percentage penetration item that also slows and it also matters if you hit a backline. It just does more damage at that point to everyone in the game. Like I just, it's just never the right call I, to go Serpent's Fang. I I agree with you, but I think the execution was there. Like I was impressed that they were able to consistently get value out of the Serpent's Fang. Like. I don't know. It it looks good because of the execution. I I don't think it looked good at all. I just <laughs> okay. completely disagree. I just I think it just looked. I think just was a suboptimal item. When you just look at what what's going on in the game and it, like it just you're building the item before you actually know what's going to happen, right? Like like you're going. It's not like you're like hmm. I think this this eighty carry is actually going to be susceptible to poke. If you look at what the other team comp is, it's not a reliable way. And then also. Like you're hitting shock blasts into other people. There's other people that wouldn't be able to step up. Like, and also like you're you you kind of side lane pressure on an Orin with a Seraldus too. I mean, Seraldus is just a much better item than a third item Serpent's Fang. Just, I mean, it's just so good with with Jace, especially when you have like an Eclipse already. I don't. I I, th I thought it was really bad. And then even a lot of the poke that he did land, I, I don't even think was like Nessa was the defining factor. I, I think that if he's landing that same poke and he has a Seraldus, the guy's dead anyway. All right, all right, all right. So we have our contentious over the Serpent's Fang uh, points, but 
when people then he come back. A fucking executioners calling as well. Like, oh my god, build a Seraldas. Like, see, if you only <laughs> went the Serpent's Fang, you could be like, but it's cheaper, and he built it for a certain spike in the point of the game. Well, he bought an executioners too, so that is your that is your Seraldas, by the way. That Serpent's Fang executioners that that is the gold for the Seraldas, but that is what you chose to buy instead. When people come back and watch this series, what is the thing that you want them to keep an eye on? I mean, I think you should really evaluate the play of Genji based on their own goals. Like, everybody just loses their fucking head when they see Chovy in a side lane, assuming that he doesn't understand the rest of the map, as opposed to playing around timers and trying to cross map when the other team can't stop what they're doing in order to enact a gold lead, which is what they want. Like, basically, what Genji does is they stack the deck for themselves by cross mapping, and then they all in on certain critical dragon fights. And we can criticize the fact that they don't win these dragon fights, sure. Like, that's a very valid point of criticism that happens. But they are trying to get an advantage and then show up for a particular fight. They are they are a team that is about macro timings, right? And the thing about T1 is they're a team that's about micro timings. They're a team that's about ultimate cooldowns, about summoner you know, spell cooldowns, and playing around the team fights. So it's a really cool matchup to watch, frankly. Like, it, it is a very fun co collision of styles. But just because Genji didn't win the series doesn't mean that they were not playing their style well, because they were. Yeah, I, I would say that Genji, they, they stylistically counter what T1 does, but T1 has better players still. So I think T1 style, yeah. like, T1 wants to fight you at the first strike. They wish that you would just show up and just scrap it out. They want to have all these skirmishes. Even if you just look at the champions that, that Faker is playing, Ari, Lissandra, Gragas, all these picks. Like, he just wants to, to enable owner. Like, they have really fucking good mechanics. Carry is a fucking beast. They want to fight you on these timings. Um, but they don't play their side lane super well. They do bleed out gold on their side lane. So I think that that the the matchup is is interesting. And, and I, I don't blame Gen G for seeding the first two Drakes because I feel like that is where you can actually get a lead on T1. If you try to opt into these these Drakes, I mean, sure, you can potentially win if they're having an off day. Like, I think the T1 series versus KT, I think T1 played a lot worse than they did in this series. Um, and they got behind where they normally don't, but I just don't think that's a reliable strategy against T1. I think that first T1, you want... I view T1 like a really good LPL team, almost, where they just want to, like, perma-fight. And if you, if you perma-fight with them, most of the time you're going to lose. So the way that you beat the, those really good mechanical LPL teams was playing macro. And I think that, the, that this is like, this is what T1 does well. And right. yeah, I mean, Genji is just the ultimate fucking Korean team. They're so Korean. They're mega Korean in their play style. If, if OMG is the most Chinese team in league, Genji is the most Korean yeah, team in league. I agree with that. <laughs> OMG versus Genji at MSI, one can hope. <laughs> I mean, T1 versus OMG would also be very fun just to see the the, the skirmishes. Like, that would yeah. be probably an extremely entertaining Look, this series. is what I would like to see. I'm down with T1 versus OMG, but T1 should not be allowed to ban any champions. <laughs> it, should be, it should be a best of five where they get no bans. If they get bans, it's fucking doomed for OMG. But if they get no bans, oh my god. That would be I a mean, banger. You, uh, Dom, I think that you would get your wish in that I don't think T I think T1 at least would play one game not banning some of OMG's champions just to see what happened. Like you have to understand they're cocky, right? And they're not going to respect a lot of pocket picks. So they they probably just ban meta picks and then just try and 
scrap it with them. Yeah. I mean, if you go into an OMG series and you like be you first ban Zeri, it's like, okay, OMG is about to like play a real fucking good game against you. If you're banning Zeri or like Lulu or some shit against OMG, mm, you're you're gonna get into a scrap. I'll I, tell you that. I, I think I think T1 would lose like a best of one against OMG for that reason. Do I think they'd lose a best of five? No. But I, I don't I don't think it's impossible that OMG would grab a game off of T1 because T1 wouldn't ban well, those picks. I mean, also picks. you have to consider yeah. that T1 is the best team in the world, right? So that means that OMG is going to be insane when they play against them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if OMG played in like Latin America or something, if they played in LLA, they'd probably just lose every single match. Like they would never be able to win. And, th and then we can watch, uh, you know, EDG play Genji, and only I will like that game. Yes. Ugh. No one will like it ever. <laughs> only Monty will love it. Monty's right. the type of guy that watches porn, but he doesn't watch any of the sex scenes. He just watches just only, edging. like, yeah, just he, just, he just watches, like, the guy come <laughs> the in with, like, a pizza line. and just, yeah. like, talk. <laughs> he just watches it for the acting only. <laughs> How could he know that the pizza wasn't supposed to go here, you know, or whatever? He sees him start getting naked. He's like, this is disgusting. This is, this is vile. And he just turns it off and gets angry. <laughs> Jeez. Right. All right, I, guys. I, I'm, 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 more, I'm more for the, the burlesque titillation, right? The dance of the seven males. <laughs> yeah. You never actually want to see the nipples. They're always covered. Always yeah. covered. Yeah. We we sometimes we gamify words. Otherwise, we just have Monty use vocabulary. <laughs> Burlesque titillation. Love yeah. it. <laughs> uh, well, just Monty's case... the type of guy that gets turned on by stockings. The lingerie, the lingerie has to be on. Yeah, <laughs> on or off. Uh... Definitely on. All right, let's close it out. Uh, thank you for our certified banger. Lots of reasons there uh, to check out uh, this T1 Gen G matchup. We have on the slate, what? One, two, three, four, five, six. Best of five series left in the LPL Dom. I think it's six. Yep. Maybe it's five. Yeah, so six no, there. It's, it's, shouldn't it be? How many, how many have we had? We've had? It should be seven, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven left because LMG versus yeah, OMG hasn't happened yet. Yeah, okay. seven. Seven matches in the LPL left. We've got two, two. in the LCS, two, two in, LCK. in LCK, and uh, LEC is going and through their lot. playoffs. A yeah, lot a lot, a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> but we're starting right. to wrap it up. <laughs> it was nice to have a break from LEC this weekend. Yeah. A lot of the comments, and by the way, I, I went through the comments as usual. A lot of the comments were about the LEC and uh, uh, the changes there. So didn't really have too many to dive into other than the fact that someone said, sorry, guys, I'm like Monty. 15 minutes of shitting on 100 Thieves is great content for me. So... <laughs> <laughs> Thank Actually, you, I haven't been checking the comments. Is the light still commenting? I don't. Oh, your boy, the light. I don't know. I don't. He's my light, favorite. Though. He's my favorite YouTube troll. <laughs> yeah. No, he was. He's. Man, he was just completely unhinged. So like, I was. I made a comment about how like like owner was better than him, and he's like, no, Peanut is the best jungler in the world. I love. He's just I bad. love it, dude. He's he's just there to tell people. Like he's he's no, a oh, thousand look, percent look, just days trolling. Ago. Wait, can we show it on stream? I just found it. There's one. This one didn't even get upvoted, but I think I talked about owner being better than Peanut, and he's and he just has this one. Look at it. Look at it. Oh wait, fuck! Well, I, it, it you, you, on, wow, Dom doesn't know. Dom doesn't know how to use the clipping tool, guys. There it is. 
No, I just froze. Oh, on me. there it is. Peanut over owner. There it is. Yep. All it says like, is peanut greater than greater than greater than owner. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what he's watching, bro. I don't know what he is watching. I thank love, you. I thank you for your support. The light. <laughs> I, I love it. I love his comments because they're so fucking troll. Um, and it's obviously just to annoy Dom, and he calls him "I will Tencent," which also I love. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, like, me, it's not Tencent. even clever; it's he just stupid and hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he calls me me Ji Dong Ping, Ji Dong Ping. That's what he calls me. Like it's like crazy. There's a guy on Twitter that just has a post of just me behind like a Chinese flag with just a bunch of Chinese characters, no clue what it means, but like yeah, in the same what? <laughs> That's wild. I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen that one? No, really? Good. That's yeah, pretty cool. That's been like years where people have been posting that at me. Come on, man. Because of your LPL uh, aficionado, yeah. being an LPL aficionado, people don't understand why I like LPL communism. Yeah, that's that's, that's what people actually think. That's what that flag says. Yeah, I mean, they weren't making fun of you, Dom. They actually were just supporting you. If if we told other people in Texas that you were a communist, you'd be hunted. Dun dun. Yeah. I mean, look, I just like fighting League of Legends. I just like people trying to kill each other in the game. That's what I play League for. In the game. That's right. In the game. Uh, Monty, where will people find you this week? Uh, doing Summoning Insight tomorrow morning. Boom. Done. Uh, how about you, Dom? Uh, doing the same stuff as always. LPL, LEC, and LCS this weekend. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a big weekend. Uh, I will see all of you friends over in Raleigh, North Carolina, eating some of the tangy barbecue. Uh, I have enjoy. I'm jealous. It'll be good. I'll, I'll have two days worth for you, Monty. Um, and then I've got Stixay, uh, Vulcan, and uh, Ignar interviews going up this week. And Great. I'll have interviews with win, winners and losers over in North Carolina after the LCS. Awesome. All right, y'all. Uh, thank you so much for watching. If you have not, make sure to subscribe to our Last Free Nation channels. Please do that. Again, the editing team here has just been popping off with a bunch of great clips across all esports titles that we cover here on Last Free Nation. Um, and you'll get it served right to you, even when you forget you want it, but you always do. It'll be right there. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, everyone. And we'll catch you guys next week after we crown an LCS champ. See ya.